Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be talking to author Joe Kissel. He'll tell you things you didn't know about your Mac. We're also going to hear from Karen Combs at Cisco about their latest round of networking hardware. Then Jason Snell from Macworld Magazine. All this and more this week on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> we have Joe Kissel, author of many thousands of Take Control books, many articles. Also a now prolific Twitter writer because in keeping with that book that you came out with some time back take control of your paperless office you're posting it on twitter 140 characters at a time well you know let's get this out of the way first of all it would be disingenuous to pretend that it's anything other than a marketing stunt it is it is purely publicity i don't really expect that a whole lot of people are going to want to read the book on twitter but you could if you wanted to several weeks ago i was chatting with adam and tanya and we were just talking about some different ideas for marketing take control books. And we're always, you know, game to, to try something new or something interesting. And at some point in the conversation, I think it was actually Adam who suggested it, but I, I, I'm a little fuzzy on the details. We talked about what if you did this? What if you actually posted an entire book, 140 characters at a time on Twitter? Wouldn't that be fun? We, we chatted about it and did a couple of, of quick Google searches as, as we were on, on the phone there. And it didn't look like anybody had done this. See, people have tweeted books, but in, in a sort of different form. Nobody had done quite this sort of thing before, and we were able to pretty quickly find some tools that could be adapted to, to make it happen without tons and tons of manual effort. So I just said, hey, let's go for it. I, I did all the, all the background work, which we can talk about. It took me, you know, about a day. For the last two weeks, I've been tweeting this book. Every 15 minutes, a new tweet goes out, and if you go to the Zap My Paper Twitter account, you can read, you have to kind go to the end and go back in reverse chronological order but uh, you can you can read the entire book that way so as as of the moment that we're recording this we've got about three more days left in the tweeting and then the entire book will be up there and I mean it'll still be there as as far as I'm concerned indefinitely and people can go and uh, and read it but we were really hoping that uh, people wouldn't so much read the book on Twitter as they they would say oh well now that I know about take control books from this cool publicity stunt uh, I want to actually buy the book uh, in PDF or whatever form, and maybe not only that book, but some of the other Take Control books. And, uh, and in fact, a lot of people have done exactly that. So uh, I'm really pleased. I, I won't say it's a runaway success, but it was certainly effective and, and, and worthwhile. A lot of fun to do. Of course, this Zap My Paper account will still exist, and uh, my, my hope is that in the future I can use this to promote paperless office news and products and, and answer questions and, and sort of more things along that line. And if you sell many, many more times the number of books, you'll feel pleased? Of course. <laughs> now, I should tell you, last time we talked, we were mentioning fax systems, online fax systems. Right. And I said I would try one. Mm -hmm. And we have something called Nextiva, which is a service actually based in Arizona. And it's run by a company that also provides internet phone service. And so we set up the paperless fax. I even was able to port my fax number to them. Mm -hmm. which not every service allows you to do. The right. only issue, of course, is when you have a hard copy, you still need a scanner or something mm -hmm. to send it to get a digital copy. But for the most part, it's working out pretty well. So I'm trying. Great. 
I'm trying. I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> okay, that was keeping with you. I'm not going to post any of my comments in 144 character segments except for, you know, occasional announcements. I don't think I can quite do that, and I hope our listeners who do like Twitter will forgive me. <laughs> Let's move into a recent book that you came out with, and I wanted to get into this because one of the things, of course, that we've always expected from Max is that they are essentially trouble-free. But we need to know things about maintaining our Macs, and you have a new edition of your book, Take Control of Maintaining Your Mac, second edition, which means there was a first edition. And the key is here, all right, why do we need to worry about this? Isn't the Mac the computer that just works? Yeah, well, I mean, the same could be said of a car. You know, you, you might buy a very reliable brand of car that is extremely well made and just precision engineered, but you still have to change the oil. You, you're still going to have to replace the brake pads. I mean, things wear out. That's just kind of a fact of machines. And when you're talking about a digital machine, you have not only the physical components like a hard drive, that's something that spins or a fan that could wear out, but you have uh, sort of digital <laughs> digital degradation too. I mean, files can get damaged, and uh, clutter can accumulate, and software conflicts can arise, and all kinds of things can happen sort of within the digital realm. Uh, if you take just a few moments from time to time, a little bit here, a little bit there, to do these preventive maintenance ta- maintenance tasks, you can keep your Mac healthy, you can prevent not every problem, but you can prevent a lot of problems that sort of, you know, tend to sneak up on you. Uh, A lot of things, you know, it's not like something just goes wrong instantly, but little bit by little bit, problems accumulate and they get worse. And if you you do a, a bit of housekeeping, you can keep a lot of these problems at bay. I should say, and we'll probably talk about this later, preventive maintenance is important, but because preventive maintenance cannot prevent every problem, there's also a troubleshooting aspect. So I have another Take Control book, which we talked about in the past, Take Control of Troubleshooting Your Mac. That will be getting an update in the reasonably near future. And I'm also actually working on a third book along this same theme, which will be all about speeding up your Mac. So uh, this will concentrate exclusively on things you can do to uh, make Everything that happens on your Mac faster, both in terms of software and hardware and uh, all kinds of things. So that, those, those are both sort of coming soon, uh, but the one that is now shipping is, is the new version of maintaining. Okay, the big question here is in maintaining your Mac, what are the most important things you should be doing from day to day? Well, in this book, uh, I I have things divided into daily tasks, weekly tasks, monthly tasks, yearly tasks, and then a few things that happen on, you know, a few things that you want to do sort of upfront when you decide today is the day that I'm going to start my preventive maintenance regime, and then uh, a few things that you should do uh, on uh, a more irregular schedule. So, of course, I, I do say at the very outset, obviously, you want to have, make sure you have a good backup system, as we've talked about many times. You want to get rid of a lot of cruft and clutter. Uninstall software that you never use that could be dragging down your Mac. Uh, make sure that you have enough free space on your disk. Uh, those sorts of things. And and it doesn't hurt to, to run some tests like Apple hardware tests, which is included with your Mac. Uh, run disk utility. Do some other things just to sort of make sure that there aren't any little background problems brewing 
and if there are, then of course you want to nip those in the bud. But uh, if there aren't, then you know you're on a much more uh, solid foundation as as you get started. So there are there are a bunch of things like that. Um, the daily tasks could actually, I mean, you could automate this so that you actually do nothing. On a daily basis, for example, one of my daily tasks is, is back up, and of course, it's if you're using Time Machine, that's just going to happen automatically. With most backup software, you put you just put it on a schedule and it runs, and you don't have to intervene and manually do something every day. But you want to make sure that you have that set up. Uh, another thing I talk about doing every day is at least being aware of software updates. You don't want to necessarily install new software updates the instant they come out um, because that in itself can be time-consuming and there can be sort of other consequences. But, uh, but it's possible to at least run Apple software update and uh, use various third-party tools to, to check for updated uh, software from other developers so that you're aware if there is some critical bug that is annoying you uh, or something that is a security risk or something that could read, lead to uh, data, data loss, um, it's, it's really important to, to at least turn those things on so that you are made aware of, you're alerted to software updates, uh, and you have the opportunity to install them if, uh, if the need arises. Okay, let's get into more of that in a moment. Joe Kissel joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy Flu Away Elderberry Liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on super sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible Respirate formula, Oregacillin Physician Strength Capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at HerbalHealer.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at HerbalHealer.com. Are you wondering about your retirement portfolio? 
Are you confident that the financial advisor is experienced enough to combat climbing interest rates, taxes, and inflation? Stop guessing and go to the expert, Robert Chapman of the International Forecaster. When you subscribe to the International Forecaster, you get Robert Chapman's 45 years of experience and concise investment recommendations. Who needs sugar-coated excuses when you can get the cold hard facts and proven investment leads you can't get anywhere else? For a free introductory copy to Robert Chapman's International Forecaster, subscribe now at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. Experience the difference. When you subscribe, you can email Robert Chapman directly to obtain investment advice tailored just for you. Don't wait another minute. Subscribe today at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. That's 877-479-8178. The American people think they live in a constitutional republic. Land of the free, home of the brave. Right. Just try those lines on the judge when you get a ticket or have to deal with a big bad IRS. Instead, use escapeharassment.com. Since 1972, our volunteer group of researchers and educators have successfully taught how to escape tickets by law, and it works. Escape harassment has three different steps to follow, depending on where you are in the ticket process. Learn how to escape tickets, IRS, or court proceedings before you go to court. For free, three-minute pre-recorded information and FAQs, call this toll-free number, one 877 9009 That's 877-457-9009. Or go to escapeharassment.com and see our money-back guarantee. That's escapeharassment.com. Remember, escape harassment works. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightall.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightall.com. We have Joe Kissel, author of many thousands of Take Control books. And the reason we rag on him, because he's very prolific, but more important, every book is a gem. One of the books we've been talking about is Take Control of Maintaining Your Mac Second Edition. And we were talking about software updates. Now, some apps have software update mechanisms, others don't. Right. Well, you know, Apple has been trying with, you know, for uh, apps that are available in the Mac App Store, obviously there is now a system-wide mechanism for automatic updates, which is great. Uh, so Apple has been trying to standardize that, and I, and I appreciate that because that's going to make it easier for people to get updates and more likely that they'll install them. Of course, a lot of apps are not available in the App Store, or they might be available, but for whatever reason, uh, you know, you already own the app, so you don't want to buy it again. There are a lot of apps that have, as you say, built-in software update mechanisms, and you should go into the preferences and make sure you have that turned on. Some of them, you know, you can say check every day or check every time I launch it or check once a week or whatever. Uh, just make sure it checks periodically. The best ones are the ones that, you know, when there is an update available, something pops up on the screen and says, hey, there's an update. Do you want me to go ahead and update myself now? Just click this button. You click this button, and it sort of turns for a couple of minutes, and it says, done, I'm updated. I, I always get kind of irritated when... 
an app pops up something that says, hey, there's a new version available. Click me now to update. And I click now and then I go to a web page where I have to download, you know, new installer. And I wait for that to happen. I run the installer and it says, oh, sorry, error can't run because you're still running the application. So I have to quit the application and it's, it's, you'd go through all these steps. I, I really wish that all developers would go to the effort to, to build in you know, automatic self-updating mechanisms, but many of them do. And so I appreciate that. And whether they do or not, I certainly recommend uh, checking for updates so that you're, you've, you've got the latest bug fixes and, and performance optimizations and, and other sorts of good things. Something like a MacUpdate.com is also a good resource. Yeah, uh, MacUpdate.com is great. If there's the uh, CNET Tech Tracker, you can download this application. Uh, that's the application. XVersionTracker.com. That's what the XVersion Tracker, that's right. Right, right. You you can actually run an application that scans your disk and looks for, you know, compares what's on your disk to their database and tells you about updates. And there's, you know, dashboard widgets. There's all kinds of ways you can check for updates. But however, however you go about doing it, it's definitely a good thing. Now, one thing I often recommend with a critical update like an Apple system update is give it a few days to simmer. Make sure there's nothing new, because I know it doesn't happen very often, but Apple has been known to sometimes have to redo their updates. There's certainly uh, a lot of difference of opinion on on that question. As you know, listeners may remember from from earlier editions of this book, I actually have a lot of conversations in the book about various topics with a bunch of other Mac experts, where the, everybody sort of weighs in with their opinion. And this is one of them. You know, should you update right away? Should you wait? How long should you wait? I personally go for updates immediately, except in very unusual situations. Uh, a lot of people are more cautious. My feeling is that as long as you have excellent backups, which of course you should, there's really nothing to risk except a little bit of your time. Obviously, if you're going to install a major Mac OS X update, before you do that, you should make sure that you have a complete and thoroughly up-to-date bootable duplicate of your entire disk so that if anything does go wrong, you can just restore it to its old state in you know, a very short period of time and you're done. If you don't have great backups, then yes, absolutely wait. And, and of course, because something can go wrong in any update, and especially a Mac OS X update, that could end up, you know, costing you a lot of time. It's good not to sort of, you know, run the updates Friday afternoon just before quitting time. It's, it's, it's a good idea to make sure that you have a stretch of time in front of you without major commitments or things you need to do with your Mac so that if you do need to put an extra effort, there's the time programs that I use for regular updates, bootable, clonable updates, is SuperDuper. Right. Uh, SuperDuper is a, uh, is a fantastic choice. Another one is Carbon Copy Cloner. Let me explain what we're talking about here, too. It's the fact that a clone means that you can take that drive that you back up to and restart your Mac on it, or at least in theory, it's capable of that. Right. There are many different kinds of backups. The the bootable duplicate or the clone is one of several components that I feel are really essential in an overall backup program. And and the reason is simply time is money. You know, if if something goes wrong with your your disk, you don't want to have to wait hours and hours and hours to restore the entire disk from a time machine backup or from whatever kind of backup. You want to be able to get back to work right away because you can just switch over to that bootable duplicate and start you know restart your Mac from that disk immediately. It's a real time saving thing. Parenthetically, Joe, does it make sense to periodically? Go to your cloned drive, your bootable backup. Go in there, restart, and clean out 
your regular Mac's hard drive, your internal drive, just erase it and restore it all over again. Well, there are some people that recommend this. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, as, as we go on in, in the book with weekly and monthly tasks and so on, I also have a section on things you might never need to do. And, and one of the things that's in that section is defragmenting your hard disk. Now, I, I mention that because you know, hard, hard disks do get fragmented over time. The, the files get split up into lots of different pieces. They're scattered all over everywhere. And conventional wisdom says that you should you know, use a utility that puts all the pieces back into contiguous order and puts all the free space together so that your hard disk can access them a lot faster and it's not jumping all over the place uh, every time it has to read or write a file. So I like um, being contiguous. You, you like being t- contiguous, right. <laughs> so, you know, being contiguous can be really fascinating. I understand yes, my and, wife and turns- has explained that she finds it rather abhorrent, but then she's a great girl. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it turns out that if you do what you're describing, you start up from your duplicate and you basically erase your internal hard drive and copy everything back from the duplicate, uh, that that in itself will, will defragment your drive. You don't have to run special software. Just the fact that it's copying all the files fresh automatically puts them in contiguous order. So uh, y- you can do that, and in some situations that can have um, uh, an impact on your max performance. But uh, where it really has the effect is if you're running quite low on free space on your hard drive and or you use a lot of, uh, of, of apps that really do a lot of intensive real-time disk access like video editing or uh, multi-track audio or things where you're, you're writing huge chunks of information or reading huge chunks of information in real time and uh, if if the the disk is too fragmented there's just there there you could get into a situation where there's not enough bandwidth to to keep up with real time uh, so in a in a few little situations like that defragmenting whether you're using some software that's designed for that purpose or whether you're you know copying back from bootable duplicate it can be useful but uh, in in the vast majority of cases, I, I really don't recommend that. It's it's a lot of time and effort for what what usually turns out to be very minimal uh, performance increases. So it's not. I mean, you're not going to cause any harm by doing it, but I, I just feel like in most cases, the amount of time and effort you spend to do that will not be as much as what you get back in in the gains. To another gain in a moment. More gains from Joe Kissel author of so many books I can't count them, including Take Control of Maintaining Your Mac, second edition. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app You Gotta See This by Boink Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. 
In this connected world, your Mac needs to be protected from the many threats that come over the Internet. But how can you stay up to date with the security issues that now affect Macs? The Mac Security Blog covers all the security threats to Macs, keeps you informed about essential updates to your software, and alerts you when new threats or malware are discovered. Keep your Mac safe. Visit the Mac Security Blog at blog.intego.com. That's blog.intego.com, blog.intego.com. Here we go. The Spring Break $99 deal from Life Change Tea. Hit it, boys. If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. But you better hurry because it's going fast. That's right. Two months of super tea and a 45-day supply of fat burners for just 99 bucks. Spring into hell for just 99 bucks. Feel good. Clean your body. Lose weight. It works immediately, so call now. 928-308-0408. That's 928-308-0408. Or you can purchase online at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. And remember... Sunny, if you want it, here it is. Come and get it, but you better hurry because it's going fast. That's getthetea.com. Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the usa place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793 877-747-2793 call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com that's reusablecanninglids.com for tadler reusable canning lids the original since 1976 Most of us eat a blend of processed, man-made, and all-natural food. But the food you eat may not provide all the nutrition your body needs. We now know that liquid vitamin supplements are absorbed faster than pills. That's why you need C-Energy. From AffinityCEnergy.com, sea vegetation is known to be the richest source of organic minerals. And that's what you'll find in all-natural, great-tasting C-Energy. Sea Energy contains aloe vera, black cherry, cranberry, and pomegranate juices, plus ginseng, cat's claw, ginger, ginkgo biloba, and over 50 trace minerals needed for healthy metabolism, all from natural organic sea plant sources. Get a 10% discount by using promo code GCN at checkout when you order Sea Energy from AffinitySeaEnergy.com. Call 855-732-3637. That's 855-732-3637. Or go to AffinitySeaEnergy.com today. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. Joe Kissel joins us. We're talking about different methods of maintaining your Mac, and you're about to start something on the Tech Night Out Live that I'll let you continue. 
Well, um, you know, we, we had just talked about the, the fact that the defragmenting is something you might not ever need to do. And I also mentioned some other things that you might not ever need to do, or at least not as frequently as, as you've often heard, like you know, repairing permissions, which maybe we don't want to get on that rabbit hole right now. But there are some other regular tasks that you, that you should do to keep your Mac in good health. And for example, in, in my list of weekly tasks that you should do, uh, I recommend cleaning off your desktop. You know, people, people keep sometimes dozens, hundreds of files on your desktop. And apart from the fact that the more files you have there, the harder it is to find things, what a lot of people don't realize is that Mac OS X treats every file that's on your desktop as a window. And that means that every file you have there takes up memory. It takes up RAM, not just space on disk. It takes up RAM. And so if you're running low on RAM, which can, of course, cause your Mac to run slower, you can free up some RAM simply by moving icons off your desktop into a folder someplace. And so if you're the type of person that accumulates a lot of things on your desktop, that's a good thing to do once a week is just put them someplace. Uh, I also, of course, recommend going through your, your backups folder, making sure it's not cluttered with, with stuff that you won't know what to do with a week from now, you know, updating that bootable duplicate, uh, if you know, I would say at least once a week, if, if not much more often. And if you have been accumulating software updates uh, or, you know, there, there had a bunch have come out that you have been putting off, certainly once a week set aside time to actually install them. There are a couple other things, though, and, and, and one thing that we had a, a big discussion about when we were uh, working on the book was this notion of restarting your Mac. There, there are some people who turn off their Mac every night when they leave the office or go to sleep and turn it on in the morning and couldn't imagine having it any other way. Uh, there are other people who leave their Macs running 24-7, 365, w- would never occur to them to ever turn it off or restart it. And uh, I, I mean, I think both positions have merit and there, there are reasons you might turn off your Mac all the time or reasons you might leave it on. But if you are one of those people who leaves on your Mac all the time, uh, what can happen is that over a period of days and weeks, you, your, your system starts to bog down. Uh, a lot of applications are, are poorly written. They have bugs. They have memory leaks. They, they uh, ask for more and more RAM, but then don't give it back when they're done with it. They use up more system resources. And you can clear out a lot of, a lot of that sort of clutter in RAM and uh, a lot of those background processes that are just slowing things down by simply restarting. Uh, it, it'll take a few minutes. You'll have to relaunch your apps, open your documents and stuff. But uh, just just doing nothing other than restarting once a week or so can really uh, fix a lot of problems and, and keep your Mac a lot happier. Now, we note uh, that in Mac OS X Lion, you'll have an auto-resume feature where you restart your Mac. In theory, everything will be relaunched. Wasn't there a utility for the original Mac OS that did the same thing, kind of a system restore in terms of all your document windows and everything? Uh, it sounds vaguely familiar. I, I, don't, I don't recollect uh, exactly, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there were such a thing. I'm, I'm really happy about this because one of the reasons that people don't restart more often or don't even you know, quit and reopen a, a particular application is that it's, it's a hassle. You lose your place. You have to reopen documents, find your spot, do all this stuff. Um, 
if you're using a, a virtualization program like Parallels or, or, or VMware Fusion to run Windows, of course you can suspend and resume and get Windows back to exactly where it was before. Uh, but ironically, and you know, so far it hasn't been possible to get all of Mac OS X back to where it was before. So uh, that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to about Lion. Lion has the auto, not only the auto resume, but the auto save, which should complement Time Machine very nicely. And uh, it should should make uh, you know make make Mac OS X a lot more like the iPad and, and the iPhone in that respect that it's possible to to get back to where you were without a lot of uh, waiting and hassle. So yeah, I that, wonder sometimes though, as you talk there, about the fact that we have all these maintenance tasks at your list that we can do. Why can't the system set up what we call in the in the Internet world or in the Unix world a cron? So that, you know, when you restart in the morning, it will go through a certain process. It knows that every week, as long as your Mac is on, it should do that. Now, yes, we know there are certain, you know, tasks that are automatically run, such as clearing up system logs and stuff. But I mean the normal maintenance stuff. Why can't that be done automatically? Why do well, you have to go elsewhere? That, that's, a, that's an excellent question. And as a matter of fact, there are a bunch of utilities that can schedule and automate a lot of these things. But uh, the reason... Uh, the reason they are not done automatically on the system level is that a lot of them could could lead to data loss or could lead to um, problems that you you might not want to have. So you know we already talked about the software updates. Uh, I, I think everyone would say they they want to be given the choice whether or when to apply a software update. I mean, there is, for example, the whole Skype 5 fiasco. A lot of people, including me, downloaded Skype 5 and went, I hate this. I want to go back to the old version. And then, you know, Skype doesn't make it very easy to go back to the old version. Um, so because basically I, Skype doesn't have, you know, well, it does work. You can go back to the old version just by downloading it and replacing the new version, and it should basically restore the preferences. Yeah, if you can if you can find the old version because it's uh-huh. no longer available on Skype's website, that's that's the trick. But, oh, but the point is that uh, that whether it's a matter of updating your software or emptying your trash or restarting your Mac, uh, you 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 want to have control. You want to have choice. Maybe you don't want your trash to be emptied automatically because you don't use your trash that way. You don't assume that something you put in there is just gone for good. You might want to get it out again. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so I understand that if you make them selectable, if you make your crons, as we say, your automated tasks selectable, like you say, I'll restart my Mac once a week, and you specify that. I'll have disk utility run twice a week. I'll specify that. They have defaults that are set, and then you just change them. It should take like you know thirty seconds to go in there and change it differently. For most people, they won't care. Most people yeah, don't true. change uh, if, defaults. If if you if you want to do that, there are uh, utilities you can download that will let sure. you schedule those tasks natively. You know, Mac OS ten, and I, of course, I, I do mention a lot of these utilities in, in the book. It's just that uh, natively, Mac OS ten is not set up to do that without a lot of tinkering and uh, we don't want to tinker we don't want to tinker of the utilities that do this automated tasks what do you recommend well um there are okay one of one of my favorite uh there there are sort of two really uh well-known and popular utilities that do a bunch of maintenance tasks one of them is called cocktail and another one of them is called onyx and they 
uh, Onyx is nice because it's free, and uh, Cocktail is nice because it has more features. But uh, both of these uh, let you uh, automate certain certain uh, maintenance tasks. And uh, you know, if you want to get a little more geeky, you can use something like there's there's a program called Lingen, which is is an editor for launch demons, which lets let, lets you automate anything, but it's it's. It's it's kind of geeky. You have to sort of like make a make a shell script or, or an Apple script or something to do the tasks, and then Lingen lets you schedule it. There's also a program called Chronix, which is a, a GUI for for automating cron tasks. Uh, there are uh, there are a whole bunch of them. But, now, one of the uh, things I should point out here is a lot of these capabilities are already in Mac OS X, sitting there. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is putting a pretty front end on them, so you don't have to go through the crazy configurations. You don't have to figure how to use the Unix command line. You don't have to worry about that. They put on a pretty face, but that stuff, for the most part, is already there or easily configured. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there, there are a lot of tools that do nothing other than uh, give you a, a nice graphical user interface for something that would otherwise require you to go into terminal and enter some you know obscure text command and then not know what to do with the output and so on. It's um, funny about that, and I'm going to mention it when we get to our next segment. We have Joe Kissel, author of many, many take control books and lots of other good stuff. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. The U.S. economy is at a tipping point. Forty cents of every dollar the government spends is borrowed. The president of the Federal Reserve in Dallas was recently quoted saying, This path will lead to insolvency, resulting in the collapse of our government and our economy. Our country can't function like this, and neither can your household. That's why you need to prepare, and priority one is your food supply. Fortunately, it's easy and affordable with the help of Ready Reserve Foods. Ready Reserve Foods has been a premier supplier of long-term storable foods for 37 years. Their unique process assures the highest quality long-term food storage available with a 25-year shelf life. A full-year supply of quality food for two people costs a fraction of what you pay at the grocery store. For a free, full-color catalog, Call 800-453-2202. That's 800-453-2202. Or visit readyreservefoods.com. Ready Reserve Foods, making preparedness simple since 1972. 
Dr. David Berry has provided excellent advice for all those interested in practical economics and sound money. It's certainly worth reading. That's what Congressman Ron Paul said about Cha-Ching Wisdom, 123 Practical Universal Truths About Money, the new book by Dr. David Berry. The cool part of this book, certainly it'll speak to you personally, your life, your lifestyle, your, your money, your investments, but it also can be generalized into the nation. What's going on as a nation? We do these same things personally that we do as a nation. Dr. Berry's book, Cha-Ching Wisdom, presents many facets of your relationship with the once almighty dollar and how current national and international politics affect your daily life. Some of the other things are about that. They're not just uh, economic, they're philosophical. There's psychology involved in this book. There's philosophy involved in this book. Read Cha-Ching Wisdom by Dr. David Barry, only $9.95, available at chachingwisdom.com. That's C-H-A-C-H-I-N-G wisdom.com. Chachingwisdom.com. If you own a septic system or if you're facing costly septic system replacement, this message is for you. When you want to stop paying for pump outs and avoid backups, when you've had enough of the foul odors and costly repairs, use BioSafe One Septic Solution. Now there's an easy to use 100% guaranteed answer to all your septic system problems. BioSafe One Septic Solution. BioSafe One is patented and made specifically for all septic systems and made by the same team of scientists who help clean up the Exxon Valdez oil spill. BioSafe One decontaminates and removes sludge, stops costly pump outs and repairs and remove septic system stench all with a 100% success rate see what gives biosafe one septic solution the advantage over any other septic product at biosafe1.com that's b-i-o-s-a-f-e-o-n-e.com biosafe1.com or call toll free 1-866-424-6663 that's 1-866-424-6663 biosafe one the guaranteed bio-friendly money-saving way to clean your septic system The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. Returning with Joe Kissel, prolific author. Such books as Take Control of Troubleshooting Your Mac, Take Control of Maintaining Your Mac, Second Edition. All that stuff. And we're talking about the things you want to watch out for and the things you can do to make your Mac running at top efficiency all the time. All these special utilities, for example, that can automate the prospect. Isn't it funny, though, that when the Mac first came out, you know, we were all using basically DOS command line stuff. Mm-hmm. And they said real people, real computer users don't use Macs because it's all pretty. Of course, came Microsoft Windows. So now we have Mac OS X, the ultimate in graphical user interfaces. And what do the geeks do? They go to the terminal and they type their command lines. So it's all uh, spun around. That's right. Well, you know, obviously I'm, I'm one of those. I, I wrote a book on the command line, and I, I was one of those people. You know, I, I converted from DOS, and the first time I, I used a Mac, I was like, yeah, but how do I really do things? I mean, I want to I wanna, uh, have, have complete control of this. I want to actually see what's going on underneath, and, and you know, Mac OS nine and earlier generations, you know, I, I started with, you know, system six, um, didn't have anything like a command line, you know, the, the, the GUI was all there was. Um, so I, I, I do like the fact that if you are a power user or if you want to do geeky things, there is a way to do it that, that simply is not, is not you know is is absent in the, in the graphical interface. Although I, I frequently feel frustrated that 
Apple hasn't uh, that Apple makes you jump through those hoops for certain things. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of preferences in the Finder and and other uh, you know and Mail and built-in uh, applications in Mac OS X that there there could just be a checkbox someplace, but there isn't. The only way to change this is to go into Terminal or to use a third-party utility. And that's uh, aggravating. I, it is aggravating. I, I sure. know that Apple is trying to keep it simple. They're trying to uh, reduce the the complexity of all the stuff on the screen. But I, I would be one of those who would advocate the, the beginner mode and the advanced mode. Give me a button that I can click that shows me all the different preferences, you know? <laughs> no, I agree with you. I've argued for this, that with Mac OS X, you provide the basic interface for people who just want to do their stuff. They don't care about the nuts and bolts. They just want to get things done. And that's cool. You can't criticize that because in the end, the computer is designed to be a work machine, not necessarily a hobbyist toy, although hobbyists will want to play with it. But then there ought to be this other mode with the checkbox, and it opens up all these other fascinating possibilities. And maybe Apple can insulate you by saying, hey, folks, if you're going to do this, if you're going to enter into this other universe, these are the warnings, these are the terms and conditions, check three boxes. I've kind of said also that, and I think Jason Snell of Macworld kind of argued for this too, kind of an advanced interface or a, a red, I don't say a red light district, but, you know, I did, but yeah. he said it was not right, for the iPhone, where you basically yeah. can leave that. And if you don't want to use the App Store apps, in effect, it's not like jailbreaking, but close enough, but sanctioned by Apple. But Apple has to say we're not responsible. Of course, Apple, in effect, might still be considered responsible, but maybe that's the reason they don't let you do it. They don't want to be responsible for well, the trouble you get into. What's bizarre to me is that not only does Apple not give you an interface to change these things, there are a lot of things that they don't document or publicize in any way whatsoever. So it'd be one thing if Apple put up a web page that said, okay, you want to change this tweaky thing in mail, you go into terminal and you enter defaults, right, blah, 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 blah. But they don't do that. The only way you find out about these things is that people go and poke around and they experiment. They say, oh, oh, I found this, this secret hidden preference. And if you, if you type in this thing, then this will happen. But sometimes, you know, Apple will build something into Mac OS X and people don't discover it for years. I mean, I just saw a, a hint recently, I forget, on Mac OS X hints or one of these sites uh, that I thought was way cool. Uh, you select some text you open up the you know the command T you know, text format little window, and um, maybe the text is some of it is in twelve points and some of it is in seventy two points. It's in different sizes, and if you want to, you know, you can select all that text, and if you want to increase the size of all of it the same proportion, then instead of typing in like I want this to be you know now a hundred points, you can type in the in the in the uh, font size field. You can type like asterisk 2. In other words, multiply whatever the size currently is by 2. And it does it. I'm like, whoa, that's neat. Uh, there's, there's math built into this. Nobody would know. It's not documented anywhere. Somebody just tried it and figured it out. And, and so my frustration with Apple is that they, they build in great features to Mac OS X the the documentation, the online help, the stuff on Apple's website is extremely limited. There are lots of features like in you know in mail and other applications that I've written about a lot that I just had to figure out by by playing, by experimenting. 
and trying to put two and two together, but the there, there's just no there's no documentation. I can't, for the life of me, figure out why some team of engineers would spend hours, weeks, years building software and then not bother telling anybody how to use it. it Let me it ask you a question about mail, okay? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned there are things we can do in mail that are not part of the standard interface. Can right. you throw me out a couple of examples of that? Okay, well... We, we may have had this discussion before. I, I've had it with lots of people. Uh, I really like plain text. So if somebody sends me an email message and they have decided that they want to write to me in 45-point copper plate, green, bold, you know, italic because that looks pretty to them – uh, it doesn't look pretty to me. It's hard to read. I want to read in the font that I choose. And I really, I, I, I prefer to override everybody else's uh, font choices with the font that I think is most readable. So I, I changed a hidden preference in mail to get it to always display uh, messages in plain text if possible, if there is a plain text version of the message in there, rather than HTML, rather than rich text, you know, whatever kind of wacky fonts and colors and sizes. Um, we don't want to have your wackiness intrude on our wackiness. Right. Basically, it's a matter uh, of sharing wackinesses or something like that. Right. So uh, I, I wanted the option to, you know, control my own, you know, display of my own email, but that required a trip to terminal and one of these secret commands. Um, there are a bunch of, uh, of plugins that you can buy that, that do similar sorts of things. Like there's, there's one called, it just changed its name recently. I think it's called Attachment Tamer now or something like that. But, uh, you know, Mail has certain default behaviors for when you drag in a file, does it show you the icon or does it show you the actual content of that file, like a PDF or, or a JPEG or something? And, um, and sometimes it seems to have a mind of its own. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's not, it's not always what you expect or what sure. you want. And so, you know, there's a plugin that can change this. And there, there are a bunch of things that you can change by, by downloading some tool or plugin that you just have a checkbox or a menu or something. But there are, there are a lot of other things that you have to go in and fiddle with the command line. And uh, yeah, just, I, I wish you didn't have to. Well, it's fair to say that. Yeah, this is the same yeah. problem. Any yeah. other apps, any other important features before we go on to some of our other issues here that you could recommend or point to people that we could do with Mac OS X, but it's not defined. You might have to look for a plug-in or some third-party utility to find it. Well, uh, <laughs> I barely know where to begin. I mean, you know, I, I, I love Mac OS X, and most of the apps that I rely on every day are, uh, are, are the ones from Apple. I mean, I could use any email program in the world. I usually use Apple Mail. I could use any web browser in the world. I usually use Safari. Um, but I say that sort of with some exceptions. I, I use mail, but I use a bunch of third-party add-ons to make it to, to, to add all the features I need. Otherwise, it would, it would drive me crazy. I use Safari, but I use a bunch of third-party add-ons to make that what I need it to be. Um, and I'm really glad that at least Safari has an official uh, mechanism to support extensions now, which, which it didn't for a long time. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, 
for me, I'm I'm geeky enough that uh, if if something does require a trip to terminal, I don't shed any tears over it. I might grumble a little bit, but I, I I'm I'm comfortable with the command line. But certainly, I, I I guess I would I would stop short of saying there there is this list of add-ons that everybody needs. I, I just I, I think the more general thing I would say is that. If whatever it is you're doing with your, with your computer bugs you, if you're like, man, I really hate that this does this, or I wish I didn't t- take so many clicks to do that, just be aware everybody else is probably feeling the same thing, and somebody has probably solved this problem. If you go to Google or your favorite search engine and sort of just type in a description of the problem you have, it's a pretty safe bet that somewhere out there, there is a preference you can change or software you can download or something you can do to solve that problem. So I would just urge people to kind of not, not just suffer. <laughs> there, there's most likely a solution. One more solution coming with Joe Kissel. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're back. One more segment, and only one more segment with Joe Kissel. And the subject of the discussion this time is, of course, all these take-control books he's given you very cheap. I mean, what are they? Ten bucks a piece, pretty much. Most of them are ten dollars. Some of them are fifteen. Yep. Okay. Very cheap books. With all this awesome information on how to take control of backups, Macs, everything else. In this final segment, let's look at the troubleshooting aspect. What goes wrong most often on your Mac? Well, uh, where, where to even begin? Uh, I, I think one of the most, uh, most frequent and frustrating things that goes wrong on a Mac is... This, this little uh, spinning uh, cursor, the rainbow-colored cursor, it goes by many names, the spinning rainbow of death and the spinning pinwheel of doom. And, uh, you know, the, it's, it's officially called the, the spinning weight, weight cursor, but everybody knows what this is. It's, it's this little spinny rainbow-colored thing that pops up. And when, the, when it pops up, you know that whatever application you were using has has stopped responding. It's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And and at best, you're going to have to wait a couple of seconds for it to come back to life. And at worst, it might have frozen for good and then uh, you know you have you have more problem solving ahead of you uh, I, th- I think that that uh, that spinning pizza of death is is probably uh, one of one of the commonest and most frustrating things that, that goes wrong on a Mac um, and and of course 
there's no one solution to it. What it means is that whatever application is running uh, has has stopped responding every you know many times a second. Uh, Mac OS X just sort of metaphorically taps each application on on the shoulders. Hey, you there? You, okay, yeah. I just, just want to make sure you're you're still there, still still breathing. And uh, if an application doesn't respond quick enough, uh, then you you get this little uh, spinny rainbow thing. Now, sometimes this happens for completely legitimate reasons. You know, you have asked an application to do something that just takes a long time, and it's thinking really hard about it, and it's it's using all of your CPU power to get this thing done that you've asked it to do. So that's fine, um, and it's going to take a few seconds, and then then you know it gives your application back to you. What you know the problem is that if this goes on and on, now you've had the spinny thing for thirty seconds, and you're thinking to yourself, "That's a long time." Is it? Is it going to come back or is it not going to come back? And so, you know, you can, there are various ways you can say, well, I'm done with this. I'm just going to force quit it. You can, you know, press command option escape and to bring up the force quit window and select the application and force quit it. Or you can control click the dock icon and right click it and choose force quit. You can go into activity monitor and force quit. That will solve it most of the time, but then you, you have to figure out, well, what caused that problem in the first place? And of course, there are many possible causes. It could be that you are low on RAM and you need to add RAM. It could be that your disk is damaged and you need to run disk utility. It could be that your program is buggy and you need to install a new update. Those are, you know, that, that sort of class of things is, I, I think, one of, the, one of the commonest complaints. Now, as far as the disk and having problems, how do you know or do you know in advance that your hard drive is about to fail? Well, uh, that's an interesting question. If, if you go into disk utility and select your disk, uh, assuming that this is an internal disk, um, modern hard drives have some, uh, something called a how, SMART. I forget what the acronym stands for, but it's basically an internal diagnostic system that checks for uh, things that are likely to, to be about to go wrong. And so if you go into disk utility, it can tell you, or other utilities, it can say, hey, I noticed that this aspect of your disk is kind of on its last leg. Might be a good idea to back it up and replace it right away. And that's, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that that exists. But the problem, and, and, and certainly if you do see that, if you do see a smart warning in disk utility, by all means, you know, replace the disk as soon as you can. The problem is that a lot of things go wrong with hard disks that the smart thing doesn't detect. I'll tell you what it means, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Self-monitoring, analysis, and reporting technology. Outstanding. So, um, Thank God for Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> so uh, there, there are a lot of things that smart doesn't detect. And of course, there, there, are, there are things that can go wrong so quickly that uh, even if smart could detect them if they happened over a longer length of time, uh, they, they just happen so suddenly that there's, there's no chance. So I'm smart uh, is not smart enough. It's not smart enough. So obviously one, uh, not, not really a, a solution, but obviously if you have good bootable duplicates, you have a backup plan. You know, you have, if, if, if something does suddenly go catastrophically wrong with your hard disk, you have another way to keep working and not lose data. Um, and, uh, for things that are not physical, like your hard disk itself electronically, mechanically is fine, but the data on it is screwed up. Uh, certainly, if it's just your directory or just certain files that are corrupted, 
Starting up from another drive, running Disk Utility, running Disk Warrior, Drive Genius, Tech Tool Pro, one of these you know, repair programs can fix many, many, many problems. Uh, I certainly recommend doing this once a month just on general principles, but definitely if you're having problems such as an application won't open or files suddenly seem to be uh, missing or they have the wrong icons or uh, you're getting mysterious error messages, uh, definitely a good idea to start up from another volume, run disk repair software. Every Mac user should have at least one a uh, third-party disk repair program, whether it's Disk Warrior or something else, uh, a CD or a DVD or a USB drive or something else that you can boot from other than your Mac's main drive that has one of these repair programs on it so that if your hard disk is not working, uh, uh, particularly if it's not working to the extent that you can't even boot your Mac, you have something else to start up from that you can run the repair off of. Because you can't, I mean, if your hard disk isn't working, obviously you can't boot from it and repair it. That'd be like performing brain surgery on yourself. You can't really do that. Now, of course, if you're traveling and you bring your MacBook, MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, yeah, you'll want to have at least your system disk there. Yeah, uh, assuming of course that your that your device has a uh, an optical drive. Um, if you if you have an, a MacBook Air, it's it, got the it, USB stick. Yeah, you have the USB stick. Uh, also, some MacBooks, including uh, my MacBook Pro, has an SD card slot. So I actually have. Uh, a complete bootable copy of Mac OS X, including repair utilities, on an SD card. So that takes up virtually no space at all, and I can have it with my Mac at all times, and if something goes wrong, I can boot up from the SD card and, uh, and run repairs on it. Of course, if you don't have the SD card slot, you can just get a USB-based adapter. Yeah, a little, little thumb drive, a little, uh, you know, uh, any, there, there, there's so many ways of doing it. So, and, and they're, and they're so cheap nowadays too. Uh, so there's really no excuse not to have, uh, some alternative means of, of booting up your Mac. Solid state drives are cheap until you get to 500 gigabytes and then you can buy another MacBook Pro for that price. They are really pricey. I, I, I hope that the, the prices come down because I certainly would like to have an, an all SSD setup, but uh, they, they are mighty pricey when you get into high capacities. It's going to come. It's going to come. I think right now, of course, maybe because of the situation in Japan with a lot of tech companies and factories kind of on life support or just running at half time, some of these essentials may not come down in price as we want them but let's hope everything gets together there before we let you go tell us about where we can find you and about the stuff you're working on that we might look forward to for our next visit okay so uh, you can find all of my take control ebooks at uh, takecontrolbooks.com as you said take control of maintaining your mac uh, recently had a new uh, update and in the coming weeks you'll be seeing a new version of uh, the take control of troubleshooting your mac and uh, in I don't know the, exactly the schedule. I'm I'm going to say a month or so, uh, probably sometime in May, we'll be coming out with take control of speeding up your Mac, which I'm really excited about. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, quite quite an interesting book, and uh, and we have other stuff in store. I mean, there will certainly be books on Lion, uh, which is due out this summer, and uh, and other surprises. So uh, by all means, takecontrolbooks.com. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter. My uh, Twitter ID is Joe Kissel. That's Joe K I S S E L L. 
and uh, and I and I should of course as as always put in a plug for tidbits uh, tidbits.com where you can learn all the latest Mac news. Hey, thanks very much, Joe Kissel, for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks very much for having me. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Hey neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. This is an urgent message. Urgent if you care about feeding your family. S510 has passed through Congress and will make the sale of heirloom seeds difficult. Prices of non-GMO seeds are skyrocketing and may be hard to afford in the future, if you can even find them. As the economy continues to decline, this will make the heirloom seeds worth their weight in gold and one of the best barter tools available. When food supplies eventually run out, your solution is to grow your own food and barter tool. Now, for a short time, GetSeeds.net offers 100 packets of heirloom non-GMO vegetable seeds for only $59. Pay with two ounces of pure silver or just $59. The best price on the net for high-quality seeds. Our GetSeeds.net seeds are open-pollinated vegetable seeds sealed in a Mylar bag for long-term storage. Bulk pricing available. So get seeds while you still can at GetSeeds.net or call toll-free 877-341-4769. That's 877-341-4769. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. You really can lose weight while you're sleeping. Guaranteed. AffinityDiet.com introduces Lose and Snooze and the One Day Diet. Great tasting Lose and Snooze from AffinityDiet.com is the first step in our guaranteed weight loss system. Lose and Snooze will help your body get a deep restorative sleep without the harmful side effects of pharmaceutical drugs. And during deep natural sleep, your body starts to shed unwanted pounds, build lean muscle, and lose inches. Add Affinity diet.com's one day diet waivers and your metabolism keeps
keeps going with all the vitamins and minerals you need with no rebound effect. But don't worry, you're never more than 24 hours from your favorite foods. Learn more about Lose and Snooze and the one-day diet at AffinityDiet.com, spelled A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y, diet.com, or call toll-free, 855-663-3438. That's 855-663-3438. Finally, a diet that succeeds where others have failed, from AffinityDiet.com. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We have Karen Combs. She's a senior brand manager for Cisco Systems, which makes all that network here. Let me tell you a story here, okay? And this is something that readers of the TechNightOwl.com blog will already know about. And that is, when I moved to a new apartment, I was using one of those Apple airport systems. Basically, it was the time capsule with the backup drive and everything. And I found I couldn't get a signal from my home office at one side of the apartment to the master bedroom where, of course, we keep our Apple TV and we keep our iPhone and, of course, the iPad that Apple sent me to look at. I couldn't use it. I couldn't get a readable signal. I tried different channels. It wouldn't work. So then I got a review sample of the Cisco E4200. Okay? It worked. Karen, tell me why that product worked when the Apple product didn't work. Well, Gene, I can't specifically answer about your experience on the, on the Apple products. I know people are big fans of those. But I would say I think the Linksys brand of routers that we offer, definitely, especially the 4200, is the top-performing router, wireless router, in the market today. So, you know, I think Linksys was one of the brands that created this category, and the idea was, you know, we've sort of put in all the um, – features and feeds and speeds to give you the best performance and range and speed that one can get, particularly in an apartment for something with the 4200. Okay, you optimize this to work in complicated situations like in an apartment. What is there about the apartment or apartments in general that make this a problem? I think apartments, what's interesting is apartments are fairly small, right? So from one corner of your apartment to the other, it's probably not as far as, you know, if you compare it to a four-bedroom home. But there's probably a lot more noise. You know, your neighbors have devices. It depends on what you have downstairs. And there's probably a lot of clutter out there that your your devices might be competing against and make it difficult to read directly into your router. So, you know, with our Linksys brand of routers, it's, it's the strongest signals that you can have. Okay, so let's talk about the features. What is the E4200, for example, which is, I guess, your flagship, your major product? What features does it offer? What does it do to get the most bang for the buck and the widest distribution of a signal? It will, the, what the 4200 offers is a simultaneous dual band, so it runs on both the 2.4 gigahertz as well as the 5.0 gigahertz bands. So depending on what your devices are, it can work on either of those bands optimally, which gives you up to either 300 on the 2.4 or even up to 450 you know, megabits per second on the 5, five band on that. And that's a 2x3 on the 2.4 and a 3x3 three three on the 5 gigahertz. Even internally, just to get to sort of a little bit of nerd talk, I'll try my best on nerd talk, but... Um, what we use is sort of an external off-chip amplifier, and what that means is, you know, we customize the amplifiers on there, and it's not just what comes on the chips that we buy for our routers, but we really sort of put the best pieces together to give the optimum performance. 
And if you have Ethernet-enabled devices that you still want to connect and get very fast transfer speeds, the, the 4200 also offers, you know, four gigabit USB ports. That gets confusing to everybody, but we understand that. You can also, by the way, use this as a media server. How does that work? Yes, well, you can hook up your devices through the USB ports and, you know, sort of serve your um, media and your video and your streaming through your other wireless devices. So this is one more further advantage of what you're doing here. Now, also, you can attach a network hard drive. Yes, you can attach a server, a storage device, the NAS. Is that sort of what you're referring to? Sure. Yes, so through the, the gigabit ports that I, I had mentioned through the USB. So any USB device that you have, you know, whether it be a printer or a storage device, you can hook them up through the ports that we have on the back of the router. And then any device that you have wirelessly connected to your router can also access the information, whether it's the data or your files that are on your storage, or you can you know, access your printer and print through there wirelessly. Okay, well, that's one thing I'm doing with... A printer we got in for review from a company named Lexmark. Oh, yes. I don't know if you've ever seen them. The Genesis printers, they've been on TV, and the thing about a Genesis printer is that it, it stands tall instead of flat. It's like you take the rear of it and you tilt it over on the rear, if you get oh, my wow. drift. So it's an interesting printer, and we're using it wirelessly. We're using it with the Wi-Fi connection. How many, just to be asking a stupid question, how many devices can you hook up to a wireless connection before you blow everything up, as it were? Well, there isn't a standard number of wireless devices you can hook up, I would say, um, particularly with the 4200. I think you can hook up to your heart's content a number of wireless devices. What it comes down to is, at one given time, how much activity you are. So if you have, you know, your iPad and your iPhone and then your printer's printing, your streaming Netflix to your TV, if you have a lot of high-volume um, activity going on, that might slow down, but you certainly can hook up as many devices as you want in a given time. And I think something such as the 4200 or even our 3200, which is also in our entertainment class um, of router, I think will hopefully not disappoint. You will be able to do most of what you want to do at a given time in your apartment. Now, the E4200 is part of an all-new product line that you came out with. Could you maybe outline the different products and how they differ in terms of specs that regular people understand? Yeah, I'll give it my best, Gene. So last year, I think, as you might know, we did launch our original line of E-Series. So there was three routers, the E-1000, 2000, 3000, that we launched exactly a year ago. And the strategy and idea behind that was to really sort of take a step back from the category and clean it up. And as you said, you know, most people don't know why or how or what router was for them, and we had 18 on the market, we took it down to three to say, here's, here's three, this one's for you, and here's why. And I think that's done very well in the past year. Those, you know, the, those three routers end up consistently in the NPD reporting of the top five selling routers. And as we went through, there's some trends in the, either the wireless category and or specifically wireless router category that we started to notice throughout the year. And it, what we did in designing this new line of E-Series routers we're launching is we updated a couple things. So we, one, updated the design, the industrial design, so it's a sleek, new, sexy um, router that hopefully folks will be proud to display on their desks or tables and, you know, not in their closets. Um, so give it some edge there. And the second thing we did is, based on some of the trends we were seeing, we filled in a couple gaps on consumer needs and or price points. And I would say the key trends there, it's two things. 
opposite side of the spectrum. One is, as more people come into the wireless um, category, you know, either because it's their first time enabling their homes to be wireless, or they currently have G or B routers at home and they want to upgrade, um, there's this trend that routers are getting cheaper on one side of the spectrum. More people are coming in, everyone wants one, and they want, you know, one that gets them into the market at first. The other thing that um, we've also noticed, and Jean, you're part of this category, is high-end routers are doing very well. People are loving the 4200. We we launched it with limited distribution in January, and I think there are those who have the ultimate maxed-out homes of devices and TVs and things, and, you know, they want to have the ultimate home entertainment um, set up. And being able to sort of future-proof and really have the router that feeds um, the sort of power that they need for that, they're also doing well. So what we have is a new line of five routers, and I can walk through at a very sort of hopefully understandable level for folks of, you know, why you would want each one, and um, we'll, okay, go, we'll Karen, go through that. Okay, Karen, we need to break right now, and we will. We're talking to Karen Combs. She's a senior brand manager over at Cisco. If you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Out Live, write us, news at technightout.com. Once again, that's news at technightout.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Here we go. The Spring Break $99 deal from Life Change Tea. Hit it, boys. If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. But you better hurry because it's going fast. That's right. Two months of super tea and a 45-day supply of fat burners for just 99 bucks. Spring into hell for just 99 bucks. Feel good. Clean your body. Lose weight. It works immediately, so call now. 928-308-0408. That's 928-308-0408. Or you can purchase online at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. And remember... If you want it, here it is, come and get it, but you better hurry cause it's going fast. That's GetTheTea.com. If you suffer from poor sleep, you need my pillow. 
guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, my pillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. My pillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. My pillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. My pillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at mypillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Then my real health began going downhill, and I had uh, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, poor vision, and I really wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess, pretty much. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking uh, heart and body extract, and from within a few days, I started sleeping a lot better. My blood pressure uh, normalized, my blood sugar normalized, and uh, my sleep really did improve. Experience these benefits and more when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, I did not expect this at all. By the 7th, 8th, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightall.com slash radio that's technightall.com slash radio or check us out at iTunes on the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg we are back with Karen Combs of Cisco and of course Linksys which is their affiliate company I'm Gene Steinberg you're in the Tech Night Owl Live before you give us more detail on the various products in the new e-series now Linksys used to be a separate company that you acquired or what? Yes, yeah, so Linksys was its own separate company, but it was acquired by Cisco, I think, about eight or nine years ago and has you know, been part of the consumer products team and arm of Cisco since then. Okay. All right. So now, five products. Yes. I'll let you go unfettered. I won't stop you unless I can't understand <laughs> what you're talking about. Go ahead, please. Okay, great. So I'll start at sort of the, the, the beginning category and what we're launching new this year. So with the E1200, this is a replacement for E1000 that we launched last year. This is still true wireless end. So all of our routers are on wireless end technology, which we you know feel is sort of the latest and greatest in wireless technology. And I would say this router is great for everyday wireless. It's the power of the Linksys brand. So if you're just coming in at a category, you, you want to have you have a laptop and you want to get online and surf the internet and you know send some emails, this is 
is a great router for you. It's the Linksys brand at a very affordable price. It's $59.99. And that's the starting point for the line of our routers. Next step from what we go from there is a new addition to our line. It's the E1500. And what this one really provides is we felt like there's a sub $80 option that people were constantly looking for, and we wanted to give that sort of feature to folks with a step-up option from our 1200. So let's say you're still looking for basic everyday wireless, but you might have a little bit of a bigger home, a bigger townhouse or apartment. And what this has is a speed boost feature, which what it really means is you get smoother performance at an extended range. So if you're streaming videos or you're transferring large files and you're doing it, Gene, as you said, you know, the router's in one corner of the home and what you want to do it is in the very opposite end of the home that you have, speed boost really lets you do it at a much smoother their transition rate. And that one is offered at $79.99. So we feel like both of those two products, great entry price points, everyday wireless suit, I think, a lot of consumer needs. Where we go from there is the E2500. And this is a replacement of our E2000 from last year. And the big change up here is last year the E2000 was a selectable dual band router. This one is simultaneous dual band. And what we're finding is consumers, whether they know exactly what simultaneous dual band will get them or not, I don't even know if I can completely describe that for you. But it does give you, I think, smoother, stronger performance. This is at the sub $100 price point. So that sweet spot of $99.99, that's what you can get for the E2500. And I think this is great if you have an active home, multiple devices, you want to maybe do a little bit more than just emailing and surfing the internet, or you might have a home office. I think the 2500 is is great for you. And then finally, as I mentioned, our last two products are what we call our entertainment class. And that is, the first one is the E3200, which is a replacement for E3000 from last year, and this one is to sort of suit that growing need of folks who want the beginning of the top of the line, simultaneous dual band, virtual USB ports, again, which is the, you know, you can hook up your devices through the USB ports and wirelessly connect them through all your other devices. The ports are gigabit, and that's the 3200. Bits and, that and those gigabytes, it. all those gigabits, gigabytes, it can drive you totally <laughs> nuts. Bits, pits, and yes. I was already nuts, Karen, before I started. <laughs> Right, exactly right. So that's the 3200, and then, Gene, what you have is the 4200, our top of the line. And this is part of our Linksys strategy, which is we always want to make sure, as you know, category leader, that we have one of the best routers in the market. And this is a, the full decked-out Mac Daddy router to help really future-proof your home. And on top of all of the features the 4200 has, that I, I know we've discussed a little bit, they all have new industrial designs updated from what we had last year. But the 4200 is a little bit unique, and you know, fortunately for us, it's already actually even won the the prestigious Red Dot Product Design Award of 2011. So high performance, looks cool, great experience. The setup process. Now, one of the problems that we've had in the past with routers is if they don't have a really good app or web-based configuration, people forget to enable the features like they have to enable, such as, of course, the highest level of security. So what do you do? What so do you do? All of our, <laughs> so all of those Cisco and all the Linksys routers, what it comes with included in your routers is Cisco Connect software. And so this isn't even web-based necessarily. It comes with, on the Linksys, it comes with the CD that comes with the product. We encourage everyone who's setting up your router. Gene, when you set up your router, did you go through your disk and use Cisco Connect software? I have to tell you that I'm an old-fashioned command line person. <laughs> and I just did it online. But I understand. I went through through it, you can do it with the Cisco yes, Connect Yeah, you probably went through the 20 to 30 steps that most people manually will go through. So what Cisco Connect enables you to do is when you get it on any computer, any device, you literally plug in the disk, and what it does is it walks you 
through your setup. You, it sets up your entire network in about three steps. It's hello, enter your, your, your name, do you accept, and here you go, let us set up your network for you. And so what that does is sets up in ver- you know, five, ten minutes, three steps for no matter which router you have. And the key thing after that is, it, and from a security standpoint, it's already secured for you. So it's already been locked. It already, they already set up the password automatically for you. But once you have Cisco Connect, what it does is it puts a desktop application on your computer, which however many as you want to put them on. And this, the application on there, it allows you to sort of manage your passwords. If you want to change your password, it's no longer this complicated SSID, crazy numerical alphabetical number that you have to, you know, masking tape to your router. It's a very reasonable, mine happens to be, you know, Blueberry 11, and that you can change oh, wait, or make she more. just saw her password. It's not been revealed. <laughs> so so anyway, those of you within live, two yeah. 300 feet of where she lives or her office, you're in trouble. You know, seriously speaking, the one thing I did know is with Cisco Connect, which is nice, it suggests a network name. Yep. That's friendly and a password that's strong, you know, with a combination upper lowercase letters and numbers. Exactly. All the things we tell people that security conscious people who have appeared on the Tech Night Out Live have told people you're doing it automatically. And I assume you do this and you vary the password each time so you're not giving each user the same password. Exactly. It's different by every device and every time something is set up, it, you know, uses the, whatever that algorithm is and, and cranks out a unique password. But if you feel, you know, and it's secure and it's viewed by us by secure, you can always go in there and, and change it. Okay. You can yourself. change it to anything you want. You can. And I think what you've probably seen on there, Gene, is on top of just your own secure network, the guest network, which our router set up, is a set, the way we run with guests is if your friends come over and they have their own, you know, smartphone or device and they say, what's your, you know, your in-laws come or your children come back home and they say, what's your wireless? What's your password? And you what, say, no way, Jose. You say, no way, but you can get on my guest network, which is actually a parallel wireless network that is set up for you. So separate passwords, separate network name. It, you know, Again, we set up fairly convenient depending on what your network name is. It says network guest and then it has its unique password. So you're not giving them your own personal password for your own network, but they can get on your wireless network. Now, I have to tell you, as far as my son is concerned, he always knows our password because we <laughs> trust him. He's never Good. let us down. Of Good. course, he's not here very often now. He's in Spain, believe ah. it or not. Hey, we're almost out of time with this segment, and I'm going to ask you one fast question before we get your contact information. What's the most common error people make in setting up a Wi-Fi router? They don't so, use our Cisco Connect software to make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to do that. <laughs> well, if you if you use the net software, then once your network is set up, there there is no mistake to make. Basically, it just runs after that, unless you have to do sophisticated, weird stuff like setting up port forwarding and all this other stuff for special systems and all that. Hey, tell right. our listeners where they can find more information about Cisco products. They can go to www.linksys.com. Well, that's very simple. That's very simple. Let me ask you a fast question before we let you go the last few seconds here. Right. What got you into being a brand manager for network hardware? For me, I actually came along with the flip. So part of also Cisco acquired links, as you know, some years ago. You mean Cisco the flip video? Acquired the flip marketing. Mm-hmm. We I, the I want video. one. I want one. I'm going to talk to you later about one. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, you should talk to our teams for sure. So I came with the flip team. I think there's, you know, Cisco has seen this this opportunity in video overall and networking and how they all tie together. So, you know, I've spent some time enough on flip and how to really 
produce products and speak to consumers that really appealed to them, I felt like there was a great opportunity in networking. Karen Combs, the Senior Brand Manager at Cisco, please thank you for joining us this week on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwoods. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793. 877-747-2793. Call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com for Tadler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $220. And the Berkey Guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com. Today. Dr. David Berry has provided excellent advice for all those interested in practical economics and sound money. It's certainly worth reading. That's what Congressman Ron Paul said about Cha-Ching Wisdom, 123 Practical Universal Truths About Money, the new book by Dr. David Berry. The cool part of this book, certainly it'll speak to you personally, your life, your lifestyle, your, your money, your investments, but it also can be generalized into the nation. What's going on as a nation? We do these same things as, personally that we do as a nation. Dr. Berry's book, Cha-Ching Wisdom, 
system presents many facets of your relationship with the once almighty dollar and how current national and international politics affect your daily life. Some of the other things are about that. They're not just uh, economic, they're philosophical. There's psychology involved in this book. There's philosophy involved in this book. Read Cha-Ching Wisdom by Dr. David Barry, only $9.95, available at chachingwisdom.com. That's C-H-A-C-H-I-N-G wisdom.com. Chachingwisdom.com. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. Okay, Jason Snell of Macworld Magazine. This is the question of the ages. The question we've all oh, yes. been seeking an answer about, okay? Mm-hmm. You ready for this? I am. I well, hope. you're in trouble now, my friend. Okay, who or what is a macalope? <laughs> oh, as, the macalope. As opposed to a cantaloupe. So the macalope <laughs> is a, a mythical beast that roams the plains. It gets lonely out on the plains, so he is one-third man, one-third mac, and one-third... It's a question about whether he's an antelope or a jackalope, but he he is a uh, he's got the head of a mac classic and the spleen of an angry uh, writer. No, he so the macalope is this um, pseudonym pseudonymous I guess column uh, that we run that um, originally ran it ran on CNET and he has his own website. So we didn't originate this concept, but he's a little bit like Mac fans may remember Mac the Knife in Mac Week or uh, Spencer T Cat was another one. There's this whole history. Uh, Robert X Cringely actually started out as a fake name and then the, one well, of the it guys, is a fake name. Yeah. Well, it's a fake name, but one of the guys who was cringely decided that he would assume that identity permanently, even when he left InfoWorld, which is weird. Anyway, so there's this whole history of having these kind of characters, and the Macalope is like that. The Macalope is a a pseudonym for this character who writes uh, criticism of stupid things in the tech media. And he focuses on stupid things about Apple, although it's not entirely uh, about Apple. Um, but, you know, stupid things people write, and, and he uses it for comedy. So once a week on a Saturday morning, actually, you can go to Macworld.com and read the Macalopes column where he picks apart sort of dumb things seen on the web in the last week. And it is it is intended to be funny, and some people take it very seriously. You know, it really is a, a humor column using dumb people writing stupid things. And <laughs> Now, is it one person writing this, or do you have, like, a team? The Macalope is one person, and okay. I can also say the Macalope is not an employee of Macworld. The Macalope is a freelancer, so that Macalope has his own site, and um, previously, like I said, he actually blogged for CNET, so um, he's definitely not a Macworld employee, but it is one person, and that person originated the concept and continues being the Macalope to this day. And we're hoping to do more with the Macalope in the future. He just recently posted the Fools of the Year, which he does on April Fool's Day every year, the 10 sort of worst pundits who write about Apple and and make no sense. And, you know, Rob Enderley is always on that list. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah, because he, yeah, but I think Rob Enderley, I think that's his shtick, right? Is he's just the contrarian about Apple. And anytime Rob Enderley says anything, you should just believe the opposite. Because believe me, that's how he formulated his idea was what's the least reasonable thing I could say? Because that's his shtick. And he gets publicity for it. So I guess it's working for him. I've talked to him a few times. He's a really nice guy, basically. He is a nice guy. Um, he's just got, you know, this is how what works for him. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't seem like a dumb guy either. He seems like a pretty smart guy, but he, you know, his job. Job, he, as he sees it, is to get attention and get publicity and, and use that to make money. And one of the ways he gets publicity is by saying wacky and totally wrong things about Apple, which, you know, people, other people have noticed and have begun to do it, too. Well, there are a few people who do that. I know I go after them in my comms. I actually also go after Consumer Reports. 
Because oh, yes. I think they haven't a clue how to test things like personal computers. I guess they do well yeah. in cars, although even there... I've heard that, that even car people are, are, are skeptical. It sounds like they're really good at what they started being good at, which is appliances. Well, the thing about cars, there are areas where they test where they're right on. You know, if you try a handling test... And it's the same handling test because everything is mechanized and right. everything is automated as much as possible. And the car is about to tip over. Well, you can bet your bottom dollar that car is about to tip over. Right. Now, when they try to pretend that the iPhone is the only smartphone <laughs> on the planet with a death grip problem, they are utterly, totally clueless. Yeah, and, and if you talk to people uh, who follow technology, you'll know that um, they don't have a very good reputation for really understanding the technology. One of the, one of the problems with Consumer Reports is that sometimes I think they believe their own, um, they believe their own PR a little bit too much. And because the deal with Consumer Reports is they are, and to their credit, they are the only real nonprofit refuses advertising consumer publication in the U.S. So they don't take any advertising because they believe taking advertising compromises you. So, for example, Macworld, we, you know, we have ads for various software and hardware companies, not, not Apple, as it turns out, because they don't want to advertise with us, but lots of others. I think there are approaches that they're, you know, they're speaking to the converted when they speak to us. And I think it's unfortunate okay. that, that, that be, because there are times like with, a, with Lion or when there's a new version of iLife where you want to reach Mac users and <laughs> because you want them to upgrade and you know Apple's gotten so big that I think their ad agency is just so focused on TV campaigns and mainstream magazines and newspapers and uh, but the fact is PC World gets more advertising from Apple than Macworld does because they believe that they're reaching the non-Apple audience there whereas Macworld they, I think they figure everybody who reads Macworld will just go out and buy all the Apple stuff anyway so they don't need to bother advertising anymore. and maybe they consider the columns and the articles themselves in effect advertisements yeah yeah I mean sure. I think that's the argument is you're going to put our product on the cover every month, so why do we need to be on the back cover? And they wish they used to be for a long time. But my point is about consumer sure. reports, to get back to that, close that parenthesis a little bit. Um, parenthesis closed. Just a okay, moment here. You. Hold it, hold it. Parenthesis closed. Go ahead, please. Ah, I feel a sense of relief. So uh, um, they, You're not so, the only so one. <laughs> full credit to them. They believe they're on a mission to protect consumers. They don't take any advertising. It's entirely funded by their subscriptions. And that's great. The problem is that being independent and not taking advertising doesn't doesn't make you competent. And I think where they fall down is they um, sometimes will make do not a very good job at a product category. And when people criticize their approach, since they're the only one, they're undoubtedly being criticized by people like me who work at ad-supported organizations. And they'll say, well, of course, you guys will say that you take ads. We don't. So we're impartial. And the problem with that argument, I've seen them make it, is impartial doesn't mean capable. And when you look at some of their, I mean, my big criticism of they, they, they did a, they did recently reviewed the iPad 2 and they liked it and they said it was great and it was a very positive review. But when they first got the iPad 2, the guy who was reviewing it apparently posted this blog that said, we just got it and here are my first impressions. And my first impression is you can't tell that it's faster. I, I actually went nuts on Twitter for about 30 minutes about that because he's an I, idiot. I Let's just say it. The guy to, is an idiot. Now, I, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one, which is they <laughs> consider the original iPad to be comparable to a Motorola Zoom. On what planet do you think that? My issue with it is that if you're a reviewer of tech products and you don't notice in using an iPad 2 that it's faster than the original iPad, something is wrong. Because as somebody who used the iPad 1 right. every day, I got my iPad 2 review unit and within 30 seconds, I literally I opened it up and scrolled one pane in one app and went, whoa, that is 
much smoother than it was before. I, I noticed instantly, and not in anything esoteric like a 3D game or a benchmark chart or something like that. It was scrolling in mail and Twitterific, actually. It was clearly faster. So my point was, guys, what's going on here? I actually don't believe that Consumer Reports has it out for Apple. I just believe that they have um, some... As Speaking as an editor, I, I think I question their capability as technology reviewers, and um, I hate to do that because their editorial director used to be the editor-in-chief at PC World, and he's a great guy, Kevin McCain. Really nice guy, um, really smart guy, have a lot of respect for him. I look at some of their tech stuff that they do, and I don't understand what they're doing. And, and that's my concern is that perhaps they're understaffed because they're trying to cover so many different categories. But whatever the reason, it was not a good sign that they were saying they couldn't notice things that, as a product reviewer, I think are, are apparent. Now, I also want to say this isn't like I'm complaining that they're criticizing Apple. I think it would have been perfectly valid for them to say, yes, it scrolls more smoothly, but no regular user is going to care. Because that's an opinion that is totally valid. I might disagree with it. I might not. But I think that's valid. But to not notice, you're basically saying, I'm clueless. I can't review a product because I don't even notice when things are different. So, now, have you yeah. ever thought of maybe talking heart-to-heart with the editor because he's somebody who works for a sister company or used to? It's a good question. I mean, I, I talked to one of their um, one of their executives. I was actually on a panel the day after I criticized them. I realized I was on a panel with a vice president from uh, Consumer Reports, and he and I had a talk, and it, you know, it started a little ugly because, you know, he was, he was carting out the old, you know, we don't take advertising thing, and I said, look, I don't, you know, Apple doesn't advertise with us either, but I'll, I'll tell you this, that I just, I question this and we we ended up at a at a at a fairly positive interaction and my hope is that maybe some of that leaked back to them you know i i hate to be the guy who um, you know, sends unbidden a note to a colleague at another publication that says, by the way, I've observed that I, that you have some editorial problems you might want to fix because I, I just don't want to be that guy. Because you're also an editor of a magazine, you sound like it might be sour grapes. But yeah, because I, mean, I don't I work, edit a magazine, I, world, right? I don't so, edit a magazine, I can say what the heck I please about them. Right. So anyway, I did feel, and I hate to criticize, actually, I hate to criticize, unlike the McAlope, um, fellow journalists a lot in public for things that they do that, that are bad unless they are so atrociously bad that uh, but the, the Consumer Reports blog thing baffled me so much that they were just saying well we didn't notice any difference that it's like it's not even a matter of opinion there is a noticeable difference and you're either lying or you're incompetent at your job because you didn't notice now you can say that the difference doesn't matter that's opinion that's great but it's just the facts that the iPad 2 is faster and you can tell immediately that it's right. faster right I agree you know with you because I, I'll give you my my response in a moment. If you want to reach us, here's what you do. You can write to us, news at technighthowl.com. Once again, that's news at technighthowl.com. We have forums for you. Yes, we do. The forums at forum.technighthowl.com. That is, once again, forum.technighthowl.com. It's free to join, free to participate, so get in on all the fun. Uh, we have Jason Snell of Macworld. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com. Macworld's Jason Snell joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live, talking about reviewers tech journalists and all sorts of things like that and about the problems over at Consumer Reports. Now, a few years ago, I talked with somebody who used to work in their networking division, an IT person, and I asked him about Consumer Reports. And the reason we're dwelling on this is because Consumer Reports is highly respected, the number one consumer testing publication in the United States, maybe the world, I don't know. And they pronounce themselves incorruptible because they buy all the products they test and They don't take ads. Okay, so we accept that, okay? We're talking about the competence of their reviews. Now, understand, at this point in time, I was criticizing them for the fact that they weren't giving Max a fair shake. And this IT person said, well, you understand all the editors use Max. And I said, oh, but he said there were some interests there, some vested interests, who didn't like the Mac and would therefore do anything they can to avoid making the Mac come out better. Well, and again, I think what this gets at is it gets back to what I was saying about them hiding behind their shield of impartiality. The fact is there is at some point that breaks down anyway, right? Everybody has preconceptions. Everybody's coming from a certain take. Everybody's speaking to a certain audience. And I think that um, in some ways, Consumer Reports has struggled to to deal with that reality. And when you see these issues, sometimes that's the clash, right? It is that they do have a take. They do have an opinion, but they're going to hide behind the fact that they're impartial and of course they don't um i think with their blogs and other things they're doing online they're doing they're trying to do a lot better at that but for me fundamentally i I feel like if you can't afford to have um quality product testers and reviewers in a product category because you're at you don't have ads to support you it's just however money is coming in from your subscribers if you can't afford to do it right you shouldn't do it i think that with computers i mean they want to be on the cutting edge with computers and smartphones and tablets and things like that but they don't understand them well, they either need to invest in the right people to understand them or they need to get out of the business. And, 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 you know, that's where is their bread and butter coming from? Is it coming from appliances? Is it coming from computers? Is it coming from, you know, cars? I, I don't know that about their, you know, their business, more or less, their charity, but it, their business, which is to review these different products. So that, that, that would be the trick. If you're the editorial director at Consumer Reports, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's a tough job because you, they probably have research that says our subscribers care about these product categories and then here's your budget you need to cover them and if they look at those categories and they go wow how am i going to do that you spread yourself thin and you end up with some questionable results um and that that may be what's going on i don't know well to be machiavellian here let me hit you with another theory here which is sometimes they say things contrary to get attention so consumer report says we can't recommend the iphone 
and, and in theory, that makes Consumer Reports more visible and makes people think, oh, yeah, Consumer Reports, I ought to listen to them before I buy my next smartphone. And that's one of the accusations against them. I'm not sure how much of that is calculated and how much of it is, is sort of accidental because somebody got up on their high horse about the iPhone 4 death grip thing and, and there's no good way. I mean, to your point, it sort of unravels, right? There are lots of different products that have those issues, including one of the ones they recommend. And uh, it's kind of hard to get off of that, right? I mean, they put they put it all out there, and I, I don't know how you step back from that without well, losing you know a lot of Well, you know what you do is so you corner did- one of these guys on the phone or something, and you say, go and look at the manual for HTC phones, for example, where they mention, don't hold it in a certain yeah. way that will cover the antenna. Look at the labels of Nokia phones that some of them have had. this label saying, don't touch it here, folks, before you tear off the label. Now, why would they put that in if there wasn't a reason? What about all those YouTube videos? Do you think everybody online is an idiot but Consumer Reports because you can only find a death grip on one particular phone? Well, like I said, I mean, you can, you can view it as a conspiracy or you can view it as a... Uh I, I think perhaps I what it is, which is something a little bit less, which is uh, you know a rash decision that is difficult to follow up on, and so they're just sort of letting it go and hoping it goes away when there's a new iPhone at some point and they can move on. And it, you know that's my guess about what it is. I think if you confronted somebody in a hallway about it from Consumer Reports, they'd probably be like, "Yeah, it's just such a mess that we don't want to deal with it more than anything else." That's my guess. Well, you kind of wonder also what they can do is the iPhone five comes out whenever. And maybe Apple redesigns the antenna. Then they could say, well, Apple listened to us and fixed the antenna. That's our power, Consumer Reports. I'm just suggesting. I'm not saying that's the case. Yeah. Well, that would be my guess. Actually, if I had to predict a a single thing for the iPhone 5, whenever it might appear, it's that Apple will come out and say, so let, let me tell you about our amazing thing we did with the antenna for the iPhone 5. And I don't know what the amazing thing will be, but they'll say, this is now the best antenna in any cell phone that has ever been made. My guess is that's what we're going to hear from Apple when they release that, because that's how Apple deals with something like this, right? Is they will, they will over-engineer it the other way, and they will turn this knock on them into a, a PR point, which is, you know, antenna problems. But now we have the best antenna ever, and nobody can match it. Would not surprise me at all if that's, like, the number one thing that they advertise when they, when they roll it out. And look at our $100 million antenna testing facility. They already did that, but if they follow that up by saying, not only do we have that facility that you guys have already heard about, but now we've got, you know, we've got multiple antennas in different places and we're using exotic materials. And the end result is that, you know, we took these two phones to this location that where the old phone dropped a call and now it doesn't. And yeah, I and now it talks and chews gum at the same time. Yeah, I suppose Consumer no. <laughs> Reports will now will take credit for that, and so will a bunch of other people. And, and you know, that that may be the end of it there. I don't know. <sighs> Who knows? I think you get one of these guys in a room and you take the two phones and say, see, the signal strength dropped. It's not an iPhone. Why don't you know this? Maybe that's yeah. the only way. Let's move away from Consumer Reports, giving right. them too much attention. By the way, we have invited them on the Tech Night Out Live, but they are never in the business of publicly defending their test methods. You can't do it. You can't get them to do it. If you give them a softball interview, they'll come on. If they know you're going to ask the deep questions, they will not come on. I'll just say they're cowards, but that's my opinion, not Jason's. He doesn't have to respond to anything I say or even pay attention. Let's look at the iPad, too. Okay, we both agree it's faster. Apple can't get them into the stores fast enough. Are you still seeing the lines around the Apple stores in San Francisco? I haven't looked, but I've heard from people who have looked that they are still there um Ooh. yeah it's we've seen it before 
I think that Apple's selling them. This is a combination, right? It's some of its marketing, which is Apple wanted big lines when they launched it. Some of it is scarcity, which is they can they're 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 um, and demand, right? They're selling them as fast as they can make them. And I do wonder if some of this is also related to the earthquake in Japan. That there are parts that might be in shorter supply. For, for the iPad 2 and for other Apple products that we may see in the next six months, we may see a lot of shortages of tech products because there are certain factories in northern Japan that have been taken offline or even damaged by um, the earthquake and the tsunami. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a good question about what's actually hindering the iPad 2 rollout. I, I'm sure Apple is making them as fast as they can, and they, you know, they had a, an initial uh, shipment of them that, for the launch day. Um, it's a good problem to have up to a point. Um, I think beyond a certain point, people just get frustrated. But I don't, I'm not sure we've reached that point yet. If there was some, you know, real competitor to the iPad out there that people were like, you know, forget this, I'm going to go get a Zoom. I think Apple would be more concerned. But I'm not sure that's really happening. Besides, they'd have worse problems because Apple corners so much of the market. By the way, the wait time for online orders is now two to three weeks. It's a lot better. It, it is better. So they've gotten, you know, the, over the hump a little bit. There. So somehow they're doing it. I kind of think... That if I was a smart, brilliant supply chain kind of guy, like a Tim Cook, I would know that sometimes you'll have natural disasters, strikes, other reasons for certain parts not to be available. You'd arrange as much as possible for alternatives. And because Apple has so much money, I mean, there's a limit to how much you can do that. But certainly they had to prepare for some of it. One of the ways they fixed the supply chain was by smoothing out a lot of inventory stuff. Now, I'm not sure if that goes back into the into parts inventory as well. I think it does. I mean, the, the way a lot of this stuff has worked is it's like just-in-time supplying of parts. So, you know, you the day you need 100 of them, you get 100 of them or 1,000 or a million and not before because then you have to store them. And, and you know, if you would decide to change the device, then all of a sudden you've got these leftover parts and that's wasted money. Um, so this is interesting. I suspect that this event, the earthquake and tsunami, will get a lot of the supply chain people thinking about their, um, you know, where they're vulnerable in a way that they maybe didn't think of before. Maybe they did think of it before, but my guess is that some of them didn't, if not all of them. The and, ultimate uh, test. We have an ultimate test right now. Jason Snell, Macworld Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app You Gotta See This by Boink Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. This is an urgent message. Urgent if you care about feeding your family. S510 has passed through Congress and will make the sale of heirloom seeds difficult. 
Prices of non-GMO seeds are skyrocketing and may be hard to afford in the future, if you can even find them. As the economy continues to decline, this will make the heirloom seeds worth their weight in gold and one of the best barter tools available. When food supplies eventually run out, your solution is to grow your own food and barter tool. Now, for a short time, GetSeeds.net offers 100 packets of heirloom non-GMO vegetable seeds for only $59. Pay with two ounces of pure silver or just $59. The best price on the net for high-quality seeds. Our GetSeeds.net seeds are open-pollinated vegetable seeds sealed in a Mylar bag for long-term storage. Bulk pricing available. So get seeds while you still can at GetSeeds.net or call toll-free 877-341-4769. That's 877-341-4769. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy Flu Away Elderberry Liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on super sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible respirate formula, oregacillin physician strength capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at herbalheater.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at herbalhealer.com. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. We continue. Jason Snell, Macworld Magazine, where he's the editorial director, the big muckety-muck kind of guy. And I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And what we've pointed out here is the fact that this supply chain interruption because of the Japanese earthquake will help give an education, a wake-up call to allow supply chain people to look elsewhere. Now, some American cars are impacted in a different way, a very unusual way. They use certain pigments of black 
So they can't build those cars in those colors because they source them from Japan. Right. It's funny how, uh, I mean, you see what an inter- interconnected world this is when you have this horrible event that happens, but it happens in a fairly, you know, it's a regional phenomenon. It's a localized phenomenon. And yet the ripples from that are international. I mean, some people are saying that the iPhone 5 may not be released when Apple initially intended because there are parts that are sourced from a Japanese factory. A lot of the cameras are going to be in incredibly short supply, a lot of digital cameras, because a lot of those factories are in northern Japan. And, you know, you even see it in things like the color of cars that will be available. So it is a very interconnected world we live in. And Japan being an incredibly um, densely packed uh, area for manufacturing, um, it's, uh, you know, hit, hitting there is even that much more of a, of a body blow to a lot of different industries. It's, it's, um, it's a horrible event that happened, but it's interesting to see the impact that it has on uh, manufacturing throughout the world. It does not impact Korean cars. South Korea's Hyundai and Kia, their sister company, they assured everybody they're not impacted because their parts are sourced from either America or South Korea and other countries, but not Japan. Interesting. Well, maybe it's that I mean, rivalry between South Korea and Japan also. Yeah, they, they may not want to rely on Japanese, uh, Japanese parts. A lot of the Japanese car companies now, you know, I've got a, I've got a Honda Odyssey, and it was made in, in Alabama, I think. Um, Alabama or Ohio, because I had a Honda Accord. It was built in Ohio, and like 80% of the parts were sourced in Ohio. Kia has yeah. a plant here, BMW, Volkswagen. Mine's from Alabama, and, sure. uh, you know, the, the question is about the parts. You, like you said, um, you know, how many of the parts are sourced there? So a lot of these Japanese factories, car factories in America, are still producing cars, which is great. But if they need a part, you know, if their headlights or, you know, a computer part come from uh, factory that's affected, at some point they're going to be in trouble. They're going to run out. And so um, that's interesting to see that even if you've got a, a largely American-sourced uh, factory, uh, you may still be in trouble after a while. And and that's and you think about Apple. Apple puts all of its stuff together in China. And uh, But, you know, if, if uh, Howard Stringer is to be believed, the chairman of Sony, you know, there's a, a Sony camera part in the iPhone. Unclear whether it's the current or the next generation iPhone. But that's a camera part that they produce, I believe, in the affected area. So even a company you think is making it in China or making it in America may have some of those parts coming from Japan and be affected even, you know, uh, in an unexpected way. What I expect to happen is during the quarterly conference call later this month, the financial analysts will ask Apple, what about the supply chain? We know Tim Cook will be there. This will be his chance to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I, sure. I, I love that. That's a, that's some of the best insight we get into Apple's business. And I know it's for people who just love the products, it's really boring. But um, that's I, I really get into that. I, I I think that one of Apple's greatest successes is is the reform of their of their uh, supply chain, and uh, it's not given enough credit. I mean, retail is a part of it, and the products are a part of it, and the supply chain is a part of it. And Tim Cook was really good at that. So I, I'm looking forward to hearing Tim Cook talk about. The impact that the uh, that the the earthquake and the tsunami have had on Apple's supply chain, and it'll be interesting to see what they say. I'm looking forward to that. That's uh, later this month. Yeah, that's always one of my highlights of the quarter is listening to Apple disclose a little bit more than they usually do about how they do business because they're a public company, so they have to. That's April 20th, by the way. That we'll be hearing from them. We will be reporting it as will MacWorld and a lot of other places. The Absolutely. one thing we could mention here. Apple, with that big war chest of over $50 billion, they can go to a company and say, all right, you're producing 70% of output. 
we will pay you up front for 60% of it. Yes, yes, that is something that Apple, that is Apple's trick, Apple's leverage. Um, they've got contracts with a lot of manufacturers and they can buy a lot of volume. And that, I mean, that's the reason why the iPad has been out there unchallenged in price for features for all this time is because Apple's got uh, contracts and they've got deals and they've got volume and it really puts them in the driver's seat. So if there are recovery, you know, I'm sure the first products off the assembly line in some of these effective affected um, factories will be uh, for Apple because Apple's probably first in line at most of them. Absolutely. Okay. Anyway, let's continue with other subjects in Apple's supply chain. Let's look at the future. Okay, so we hear the rumors about the iPhone 5. Maybe it's going to be moved off to the fall, but who knows? You know, anytime you hear a rumor like that, because other rumors say, no, 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 it's going to be there. Okay, so iPhone 5, what does Apple even need to do other than maybe increase the megapixels in the camera, use the A5 processor, and possibly update the form factor with a slightly different antenna system? Yeah, so the antenna we talked about, I think, uh, I think a dual-core processor like, like is in the iPad 2 is a given. Uh, maybe the camera gets an update. The camera's pretty good, but it could be better. The The flash is kind of lame in the iPhone 4. Um, it, 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 could be, it could be better. That's a possibility. I do think they might change the look and feel of it. Um, the iPhone 4 is a little bit of an aberration because it's got that kind of hard edges and flat kind of look. And the, if you look at the iPad had that, and the iPad 2 doesn't. And I, it's, I suspect that we might see the, the, an iPhone 5 looking a little more like the iPad 2 where it's thinner and it's got that kind of curve on the back instead. But we'll see. The family um, resemblance because now look at all the products in Apple's family and they all have that same Aluminum, uh, sure. curvy kind of thing. So it wouldn't surprise me. Aluminum, if, if curvy kind of thing. That's a new term that yes, Apple has patented. Technical. We can't say that again because Apple will send us a bill. Oh, the First Amendment is on our side, Gene. You think so? Uh, That's going to do it. Well, Apple's got all that money. They could basically buy and sell you and me and my network. It's possible. Um, so I'm waiting for my check and my private island. So um, And I'll retire when I receive it. So... Yeah, so I, I think what what has happened with that? What happens with Apple? It'll keep the prices the same. It'll be lighter. It'll be thinner. It'll be faster, right? I mean, that's what they do. Um, I th- you know the Retina display is already on there. I don't think we'll see much new there. Um, it'll be running presumably running iOS five, which I think is going to be a, a, an announcement that we see at the Apple Developer Conference, which is in early June. I do think that in some ways the the operating system announcement is just as important as the hardware announcement. Everybody gets excited about the new hardware, but a lot of new features come in when they update the operating system. And people with iPhone 4s will get that new operating system. And I think they, um, you know, presumably there'll be some really good stuff in there, although there's not a lot of rumor about what exactly. They've been keeping a lid on that one. Um, well, that's also the yeah. big advantage. The big advantage with Apple over everybody else. And maybe you can take another company building a tablet or a smartphone and they'll use products gadgets, components, whatever, with similar performance specs. They'll make it look pretty. But suddenly, wow, wait a minute, it doesn't have the operating system, it doesn't have the App Store ecosystem. There's a lot of factors here, and we'll get into some more of them in a moment, because I want to mention to you a review I read in another publication comparing someone else's thin and light notebook to the MacBook Air, And the comments were very interesting in light of the results 
and you might get a chuckle out of this. We have Jason Snell. He's editorial director of Macworld Magazine. We have him back for two more segments. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Freedom, the blistering anti-globalist anthem from the rock band Ravelin. Back in Rome's have their tools. Flexibility with the rules. Just one of 11 great songs from the album Under the Sun. Available on iTunes and at Ravelin.com. R-A-V-E-L-Y-N. Ravelin.com. Spring and a new growing season are here. Plant a healthy garden easy and fast with OrganicaSeed.com. Easy because OrganicaSeed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to OrganicaSeed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C-A-Seed.com. OrganicaSeed.com. Remember, Organica Seed is healthy seed. Here we go. The Spring Break $99 deal from Life Change Tea. Hit it, boys. If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. But you better hurry because it's going fast. That's right. Two months of super tea and a 45-day supply of fat burners for just 99 bucks. Spring into hell for just 99 bucks. Feel good. Clean your body. Lose weight. It works immediately, so call now. 928-308-0408. That's 928-308-0408. Or you can purchase online at GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. And remember... If you want it, here it is, come and get it, but you better hurry cause it's going fast. That's getthetea.com. Most of us eat a blend of processed, man-made, and all-natural food. But the food you eat may not provide all the nutrition your body needs. We now know that liquid vitamin supplements are absorbed faster than pills. That's why you need C-Energy. From AffinityCenergy.com, sea vegetation is known to be the richest source of organic minerals, and that's what you'll find in all-natural, great-tasting Sea Energy. Sea Energy contains aloe vera, black cherry, cranberry, and pomegranate juices, plus ginseng, cat's claw, ginger, ginkgo biloba, and over 50 trace minerals. 
needed for a healthy metabolism. All from natural organic sea plant sources. Get a 10% discount by using promo code GCN at checkout when you order Sea Energy from AffinitySeaEnergy.com. Call 855-732-3637. That's 855-732-3637. Or go to AffinitySeaEnergy.com today. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're listening to the Tech Night All Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. Jason Snell, editorial director of Macworld Magazine, joining us on the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. And what I was mentioning here, a review of this other Windows 7 notebook that's designed to compete to some extent with the MacBook Air. And the reviewer says, in some respects, it's comparable, some better, some worse, possibly because it has a more powerful processor, but it costs something like hundreds of dollars more than the MacBook Air. So suddenly... The meme we've heard all these years about Apple's prices being higher, suddenly it's a lot lower in that category. Yeah, I I don't watch that, the PC space. I I, got to say, I mean, I'm not even I'm not even remotely focused on that now. Are they still making PCs? Is Windows still working? Is that is that still running? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm still seeing those dreadful commercials about the Motorola Zoom. And if I look at this commercial, I would think that the only thing I can do with the damn thing is to shake it inside of a spaceship because it doesn't tell me what I can do. Oh, it's got all this awesome power. Well, fine. What do I do with it? Tell me. Please, for heaven's sake, what can I do with the damn thing? Yeah, the the Motorola Zoom ad campaigns don't really impress me. I I think they need to do a better job of explaining why you want one instead of an iPad, and I'm not sure they have succeeded at that. Um, I'm not sure they even understand it. Yes, I think so. I think that's been the biggest problem with all these things. Microsoft thinks that with Windows 7, you need to pin your documents on the corners of the screen, and you can go to the cloud. That's all they know? That's the operating system? Why do I care about that? Because there's nothing there that helps me get my work done any faster. Everybody's got cloud access today. Yeah, it, it's um, yeah. Those are also those ads bug me because it's not realistic. They like watch TV via via remote desktop, which no, that doesn't work. So it's very strange. You know, I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I there was a time when I think people who watched Apple were very focused on what the competition was doing, especially Microsoft, and it just seems irrelevant now. I mean, the the Android competition is more interesting, much more interesting. The Microsoft competition, I feel like Microsoft is. You know, not really relevant. And yeah, people are still buying PCs and all that, but I feel like Apple is growing the Mac and growing Mac market share and doing very well in that business. And all, even while our eyes are over on the tablet and smartphone businesses, the Mac continues to grow. It's very successful. It's not. It's not really a, a, a kind of pariah product anymore. It's very you know widely popular and and, and pretty compatible these days. And the, the whole the whole uh, Windows versus Mac thing. I feel like it's a non-issue. I feel like the Mac has come far enough that that it's just not a that big a deal. Plus, Microsoft isn't doing anything very interesting, and PC makers aren't doing very interesting things, right? I mean, a lot of what they're focused on now is smartphones and tablets too. Well, they're keeping up their legacy products, but what happens here, as you see, is Suddenly, PC sales are stalling. Apple doesn't have that problem. And a lot of the people who are buying the PCs, guess what? They are instead buying iPads. Yes, that's there, there are more and more um, 
studies that suggest that the laptop sales are stalling, especially cheap laptops, because of the iPad and, and tablets in general. But I mean, really, the iPad's what ninety five percent of the tablet market. So. Um, it's interesting because Apple hasn't really shown a lot of that. We'll, we'll see in this next quarterly statement whether um, that continues to be the case. But Apple hasn't shown a lot of decline. But a lot of the PC manufacturers, according to these research studies, are feeling the pinch that people are actually saying, instead of buying a laptop, I'm going to buy an iPad. And I, that makes sort of makes sense, right? Especially if you've already got a computer in your house and you're like, well, I want to have a, something to carry around with me. And in the past, they might have gotten a netbook or something like that. And now they get uh, an iPad instead. And, and it's probably more appropriate for that kind of use. One day, we can all agree that a tablet like an iPad will be the generic personal computer. And only a small number of folks like you and I, writers, content creators, people for whom that form factor doesn't provide the productivity will continue to use a traditional desktop PC or a mobile PC. Sure. The, the whole idea that we've got this kind of um, you know, world where you get an iPad and you don't have anything else, I mean, it's not really realistic, right? So people have PCs and they'll continue to use them, whether it's a Mac or a Windows PC. They'll, they'll have those post-PC world um, that Steve Jobs talks about. The post-PC world doesn't actually mean the no-PC world, right? It's, it's a part of the ecosystem. But there are places where you used to buy another PC that w- now that there are devices like the iPad, you won't. Because they don't, you know, it's not, (laughs) it used to be to do things on the internet, you needed a computer, right? And we've reached the point where that's not true, that an iPad, which is not a personal computer, really, but it does those things too. So you no longer need to get a laptop in order to look at your email and search the web when you're on the couch. You just don't need it anymore. And we're seeing that with some of these um, sales reports. Well, that's the area where I think Microsoft is ultimately going to be doomed to fail because they have no clue how to deal yes. with that space. No, they have no is, idea. I was listening to a, a podcast um, featuring a guy uh, named John Syracuse who writes for Ars Technica, and he was talking about um, what's wrong with uh, what's wrong with Microsoft, <laughs> and, and, and laughing about it and saying, "Well, it's so easy." But I think one of the one of the things that he pointed out was that Microsoft's fundamental problem was that their strategy was windows everywhere and for a long time that was absolutely the right strategy and it made them wildly successful and now it is their doom because um, they tried to put windows on tablets for 10 years and it never went anywhere because the windows interface was not appropriate for a touch device they tried to put it on phones with like windows ce and all that and those have been swept away by this new generation of of devices with operating systems that were designed again for the phone in a way that the windows ce stuff wasn't and now they've done windows phone 7 which is actually interesting and is is uh different and i have to say for all the things they tried that are different and and they make it an intriguing product then they slap the name windows on it and it baffles me actually because i at this point Obviously, Microsoft is never going to have – nobody at Microsoft can keep their job and say w- naming our phone operating system Windows is a liability, but it's a liability. I think that phone would do way better, especially now that they've got their partnership with Nokia, if they didn't call it Windows, if they called it something new. It was a new Microsoft thing that was really whizzy and cool because it is kind of whizzy and cool. What they could do is what they did with their search. Instead of Windows Live Search, it's Bing. Bing is pretty decent. I have no problem with Bing. Right. So why, yeah, so why, why not do that with Windows Phone 7? I, I, it's, 
and but this is one of their problems, right? So that, that's why Microsoft is kind of irrelevant. Is that Microsoft has shown up to now that they really just don't get it, and I feel like even now. You know, they they had all the the kind of proof of concept tablet stuff, and that was a project that got killed because of their real, you know, the, all the various fiefdoms that that go on inside of Microsoft. And to this day, I think we still haven't heard anything clear from them about their tablet strategy beyond that they're gonna they're gonna add more tablet features to Windows 8, which is again, you know, uh, not that I don't enjoy seeing Microsoft fall on its face, but at this point, it's kind of it's kind of sad, um, guys. Sticking more tablet features in your PC operating system does not solve the problem. You've tried it for 10 years. It's a failure. You've got this interesting mobile operating system that you're running on phones. Put that on a tablet. But they seem to have no story there. And, um, you know, it's, they're, they're falling apart. They, they have uh, – it's spinning out of control for Microsoft. And I, people have been arguing for a while. I've been arguing for a while that Microsoft is dead and it will take 15 years for the body to hit the ground and all the parts to die. But that, you know, Windows is going to fade away. It will still be out there. Windows and Office will still make them money for a very long time. But you can see the end of Microsoft now or as we know it. Sort of like you could see the end of, let's say, IBM as we knew it back in the day. Not the IBM of today, but the IBM computer maker of, of, of way back when. It was so dominant, it, w- it would last forever, and then it was gone. And Nobody Microsoft pays like attention that. to Microsoft anymore. You look at Windows Phone 7, and it basically doesn't have an app repository of any decent size. And I re- understand that a lot of the sales of Windows Phone 7 haven't been that good, And now look at the situation here where they have this partnership with Nokia, which is being headed by a former Microsoft executive. Think about that. And they're pouring billions of dollars into Nokia. All of Nokia's current smartphones are dead-ended because they're moving to a new operating system. They told everybody they're dead-ended a year in advance. What were they thinking? Who could have thunk it? That's well, foolish. We have yeah, Nokia Jason was dead Snell. Anyway. <laughs> i got to do the break. We want to hear from you. Yes, we do. If you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us, news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com. We have Jason Snell of Macworld. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Hey, neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Hi, my name's Russ, and after my heart attack, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I needed to keep on working, but now it's becoming a problem. I heard about these garlic cayenne drops and hoped it would help me. Well, 
I've been taking them for about four months, and the way I'm feeling now, I can see how I just might make it to retirement, thanks to Extendivite. My name's Don Wiskin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. If you suffer from poor sleep, you need my pillow. Guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Using a patented fill, MyPillow adjusts to your exact individual needs by gently supporting your head, shoulders, and neck. MyPillow has a natural built-in cooling effect, keeping your cervical nerves cool, giving you the best sleep of your life. MyPillow will never go flat and relieve snoring, migraines, sleep apnea, fibromyalgia, and many other disorders. It's antimicrobial, non-allergenic, dust mite resistant, and best of all, machine washable and dryable. MyPillow is made in the USA, has an A rating with the Better Business Bureau, comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an industry-leading 10-year warranty. Order today at MyPillow.com or call 952-442-6199. That's 952-442-6199. Mention coupon code GCN and receive 20% off your order. What do you have to lose except poor sleep? MyPillow.com, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own, guaranteed. This message starts with a great offer from Big Berkey Water Filters because we don't want you drinking dangerous water one minute longer. Right now, purchase any filter system from BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com to get your choice of two Berkey Sport Bottles, a KDF shower filter, a set of fluoride filters, or our new Cyclass spigot absolutely free. Why do this? Because over 60% of municipal water is fluoridated, and at less than two cents per gallon, Berkey Water Filters purify both treated and untreated water, removing dangerous chlorine, fluoride, and other contaminants. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water, so they're perfect for rainwater collection systems and emergency preparedness. Remember, Big Berkey includes free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit B-I-G-B-E-R-K-E-Y waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call today 1-877-99-BERKEY. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. You are listening to the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what to expect. Jason Snell of Macworld Magazine joining us. One more segment, and he was going to make a comment about Nokia and Microsoft. I'm Gene Steinberg in the Tech Night Out Live. You were going to say... No problem. The uh, I just think that that Nokia announcing that they're going to this Microsoft stuff wasn't wasn't as bad a move as you might think. Only because Nokia stuff was so dead in the water anyway that they needed to se- send a signal that they were going to do something about it, and that they did. And I actually think of all the all the areas of Microsoft's business that that's one of the more promising ones because I do think that operating system is promising. And having a, a hardware partner like Nokia, it could actually be very good for them. I mean, they might they might succeed. They might fail, but I can't say that if I weren't in their shoes, I mean, well, that's a lot of negatives. Let me put it this way. If I were in their shoes, I would probably do the same thing. I think it's actually kind of smart. I wouldn't call it Windows Phone 7, though. That's a bad name. Before we go to the world of entertainment that you cover, I'm going to ask you a fast question. Lion, going to be shown, of course, at the WWDC early in June. 
when do you think the official release date will be? Of course, it could be June 20th to September 20th, give or take a day. But where do you think it's going to land? Yeah, I mean, summer, clearly, wouldn't surprise me if it's... My, my guess is sometime in July. It could be late June. I feel like the best scenario is that at the developer conference, Apple will give people something that they call a final candidate or a golden master. Um, but you want to give developers enough time to make sure all their apps work on the new operating system. Well, you're doing it and now. Of course, Apple's released two developer builds. Right, right. But it, it's a it's a work in progress. So, yeah, if I had to make a guess, I would say, you know, maybe a week or two after the developer conference, so mid-June. But um, it could also be, and I haven't looked at the latest developer build to see how stable it is, because that's part of it, too. It's like trying to gauge how far they are from completion. So, I, you know, you, I, if I had to throw a dart, I'd say mid-June, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was August. Well, remember, two years ago in August, Snow Leopard came out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's a time when they're, you know, they're they're not yet at the point where they're rolling out the iPads and iPods and things like that for the Christmas season. And uh, summer's a good time for operating systems. And they'll be doing, I believe, an iOS five at the, you know, around the same time too. Okay, so in the last seven and a half minutes, let's look to our other life as a TV entertainment writer. Ah, uh, yes. And you were mentioning a new products coming on pay cable. Yes. Something interesting. Yes. Would you tell us what this is all about? I I'm looking sign- forward to this. Fantasy, I right? In. It is it is a show called Game of Thrones which is premiering I believe April 17th on HBO. So you got to be an HBO subscriber to get it. But it is based on the best-selling actually series of fantasy novels by George R R Martin called I, I guess the series is called A Song of Ice and Fire. It makes it sound so twee and like there are fairies and dragons and they dance around and and it's not like that. It's actually the books are really good. The first book is called A Game of Thrones from which the series gets its title. And it's, you know, it's set in a medieval kind of world. Um, it's not set on on planet Earth. It's you know they've got different continents and there's different geography. But it's there. Are, there's a king and there are knights and there are, uh, and there's um, a little tiny bit of magic and the, there there is a, a backstory about how there used to be dragons but there aren't dragons anymore. But why but, is it that when we have these medieval fantasies, you know, we think to the King Arthur era, right? But it's taking place in a parallel universe, kind of like Lord of the Rings is. Sort right. Of. Right. Exactly. It's um, what's interesting about it is that it allows it allows him to to set up the world the way he wants it to create this story that is quite fascinating and, and it's about politics because uh, they've uh, recently overthrown the king and there's a new king and then there are a lot of pretenders to the throne there are other people who want to take power so there are all these kind of political machinations there are battles. There is like an outcast family that is the family of the old king who's trying, who's like down on their luck and is trying to come back on a far off, in a far off land. They're trying to get back on their feet. There is a hint that there might be something supernatural and terrible about to happen to all of them while the, all the men are fighting amongst themselves for, for power. Just, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, they're great characters. There's, there's adventure, violence, sex, politics. It's got it all. And in this great, really fully realized setting. So these books are great, and, and um, I recommend them highly. HBO now is doing a uh, – the first season is 10 episodes, so 10 hour-long episodes that's essentially telling the plot of the first book, A Game of Thrones. And I've seen the first three episodes in advance. I've got, I got an advanced TV critic copy. And they're terrific. I, I, I think that people – not just people who are fans of, of sci-fi and fantasy, not just people who have read the books, but I think people who like good TV, people who liked The Sopranos, people who liked 
uh, Dexter, people who like um, like Rome, for example, on HBO, people who like that kind of thing. The Tudors is another example. Period kind of drama. This is period drama of a sort, but with a spin in that it's a period that never really existed. But it's it's spectacular. The actors are good. Um, most of them you won't recognize, although Sean Bean from Lord of the Rings is uh, basically the main character. Uh, now, it's interesting. He's the kind of guy, Sean Bean, and he does these great commercials or did, who can be – he's one of those character actors who can be the villain and could be the hero. Right. And in this, he is he is a heroic figure. He's sure. He's Ned Stark. He's uh, – um, in the first episode, basically, he's told by the king that he's the king's got a job for him that's going to take him away from his family and take him sort of to the south to where the to where all the corruption of the government is. And he goes and he's got his kids and his kids sort of uh, have their own kind of adventures. But it, it's it's definitely for adults. It's a it's an HBO original series. I would say it's essentially rated R. There's nudity. There's um, there's a uh, bad language, uh, and there is some uh, some violence of the chopping people's heads off kind of sort of. <laughs> oh, sorts. it sounds like fun. Isn't it interesting great. though? All these great British character actors appear on American series. Well, this this series is is only partially American. I mean, everybody's got an English accent. They're not all English or Irish um, actors, but the the show is shot in Northern Ireland and in Malta. Uh, because there are these two different continents where action takes place on, so they needed the two and the scenery in continents. Ireland is just fabulous. I understand. Spect- my so it son looks was there. Spectacular. I, it, it really is spectacular. I haven't been there. My son was there. I'm jealous of him. Isn't it interesting if you look at the TV shows in America, for example? How many of the lead players with American accents are really British, Australian? Of course, oh, the yeah. Mentalist, the guys from Australia. We have Tim Roth, of course, who keeps his accent when he does "Lie to Me." Hugh Laurie. Also plays an American right. crazy English doctor. Accent. English with guy who does a perfect American accent on House. Perfect. I heard him mispronounce one word in like six years. Amazing. He is totally amazing. An amazing character actor. Now we have someone from Great Britain playing Superman. Right. Henry Cavill. Right. Who's been yeah. on some of those series, you know, on pay cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's amazing. This is nice because the fake accents, actually sort of sadly, the fake accents are the Americans because everybody speaks with a British accent in this show. Um, and Peter Dinklage, um, who I believe is American, I'm going to be really embarrassed if he's not, um, because his accent is questionable. Uh, but he's he's great. He He's in this, um, you might remember him from The Station Agent, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff. And he plays... Uh, the imp Tyrion Lannister and uh, it's a great character and he's a great actor and those two things go really well together so he's the other person you probably recognize Um, and genre fans will know um, Lena Headley who was Sarah Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles and and she's also British yeah, and she is, and she's using her uh, presumably real accent and she plays Cersei Lannister who is the queen and she is so bad she is you want to see about accents though you know Game of Thrones it's called right Exactly, and and if you want, yeah, kings and knights and and, all right. and horrible things and English accents, it's got it all. <laughs> if you want to watch accents, of course, remember Battlestar Galactica, Jamie Bamber. Now yeah, he's, listen, he's now Law go to UK. BBC America and watch Law and Order UK, where they basically take the scripts from the American Law and Order base in New York. Yes, they rewrite the scripts for London. Yes, Jamie Bamber plays. One of the detectives in his native accent. In his native accent. And Freema Agumon from Doctor Who is on that as oh, well. That, I like that show. Yeah. Because I think oh. the one thing is here, let me give you the other comparison, and we've got to let you go. Being human, 
Now, you look at the American version, which is actually has one of the same executive producers in the British right. version. The actors in the British version, one of whom is going to be in The Hobbit, the guy who plays the vampire, right. going to be in The Hobbit, Peter Jackson filming. I think the British actors are better. Sorry, folks. That's yeah. it. Tell us what you have coming up at Macworld Magazine. You know, it's it's uh, more of the same. We're reviewing products and uh, writing things, and uh, we've got some books. Actually, if you go to the iBook store, we've got a free book about the iPad 2, uh, just sort of like a beginner's guide. And we publish a lot of other books, actually, on the iBook store, so you should check that out. if you're. We will, and we have to tell our listeners you check us out, technightowl.com. That's technightowl.com. On Twitter, also, technightowl, technightowl on Twitter. Our other great show is the Paracast. This weekend, Governor Jesse Ventura going to talk about conspiracy theories on the Paracast, Paracast.com. A special thank you to Jason Snell. Thanks for coming along on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.